Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. This summer, July 24th, the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 drops. I'm so excited for that. Please go follow From Within Records on social media, Twitter, Instagram, so you can stay up to date when pre-orders drop for that. In 10 days, May 20th, Gridiron, Despise, Worldwide Brotherhood, dropping an awesome seven inch split and i can't be any more excited for it i love both those bands and i'm super stoked that they joined forces to put out this seven inch so please look forward to that also new music on the way from shackled payback mh chaos three very awesome bands i can't wait till more news comes out about that but like i always say please support from within records because they support us on today's episode, we had to travel and track down our friend Jim Barron. He's been involved with some very awesome bands over the years, but his most current band, Two Witnesses, they dropped a demo. And it was one of those situations where I couldn't escape it on social media. I saw so many friends posting it, and I just had to do my due diligence and check it out. I, I clicked that link and I listened to that demo and I, I knew immediately, I was like, I don't care who's in this band. I want somebody from that band on the podcast. So I started reaching out and eventually got in contact with Jim and he was super down to be on the podcast, which made things very easy. And it was such a pleasure for me to get to talk to somebody who's so passionate about hardcore, who's been around for a long time and who's been involved and to help grow his local scene. I, I think it was really awesome for me to be able to talk to him and I enjoyed our conversation. So at this point, if you're not familiar with two witnesses, please hit pause right now. Go seek that band out. Go boot up your band camp, your Spotify, your Apple Music, your title, whatever you use, and go listen to the demo by Two Witnesses. It's seriously such an awesome demo, and I'm looking forward to hearing more music from this band because I'm just so stoked on what they put out. So go listen to them, support them, and then come back and listen to the podcast. So strap in. This was a fun one, and without further ado, please welcome Jim Barron to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, you know, it's uh, finally stopped raining here, and uh, my allergies are kicking my ass a little bit. But other than that, you know, I'm hanging in there, doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I'm stoked to have you on the podcast. And if I'm being honest, I uh, you know, wanted to have somebody on from uh, two witnesses and I, I reached out to a couple people, uh, and uh, some people got back to me and they're like, Oh, like, who would you like to talk to? And I'm like, I don't care. So whoever wants to talk. I just, I love that demo. And I just want to talk to somebody from the band and, you know, see what's up with them. And I'm, um, you know, eventually got in contact with you and we've never really spoken before. So I was like, all right, cool. This, um, you know, this guy's hardcore dude plays in this awesome band. 
And then um, it wasn't until I did a, a podcast recently with Tyler Short, and I didn't realize that um, you know you guys are friends. And then I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, I just had no idea, and it, it's kind of um, you know I'm like, all right, um, it's not too surprising because hardcore is so small, but um, it, it was cool to find out that uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, well, first off, thanks for asking me. I never get asked to do stuff like this, so I'm actually like really excited about it. So, uh, you know, thanks. Uh, yeah, Tyler and I have been friends for 15 years now at this point, uh, before I even moved to Louisville. So like, yeah, we've been, we've been friends for a long time. And I, when, when you added me on Instagram, I think I looked at mutuals and I think we have a friend in California by the name of Natalie. Natalie, you're putting me on the Natalie spot. Frank, Natalie Franklin. She's like a Disney person. She's like, she's from Orange County. If I'm being honest, I, I know a couple of Natalie's and Natalie Franklin's not ringing a bell. And now I feel really bad. Now I'm, I'm pulling up my, my phone right now to look up this Natalie Franklin. That's so I have a feeling you'll be like, Oh, her. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Natalie. Um, Natalie Franklin. Are you sure it's Natalie Franklin? Natalie Franklin. Okay, where <laughs> this is, <laughs> I, I'm dying. Okay, because I'm I'm looking up the only I'm only there's only a couple Natalies and there's only one from California, but I've never known her as Natalie Franklin. If I'm being honest. Oh well, her name on uh, Instagram is Natalie X Ann. Okay, that's okay. She was the um shout out to Natalie. That was the first Natalie that came to mind. But I'm like, that's not Natalie Franklin. See, I've I've never known her as Natalie Franklin, so that's um, news to me. Uh, funny story about her. She's she's been rep- repping Midwest hardcore for so long. Like I, I remember, um, people used to think that she was weird for wanting to fly out to Midwest Blood Fest back in the day, right? So she, she would mm-hmm. yeah. So she'd be like, a, a, she was like, you know, going out there for such a long time. And, uh, you know, kudos to her for being, uh, you know, so uh, tapped in with Midwest hardcore way back then and even up until this day. And I'm um, right. Yeah. And she's really nice and super awesome. She actually gave me this uh, this super old knock loose shirt that's um, hanging in my closet. It's like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you um, before we, we get off the line. But yeah, shout out Natalie. Nice. She's super nice girl. Yeah. Natalie, love her to death. She's really good friends with my wife. So I met her through her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was when she started when my wife and I were first dating. Uh, was kind of in the earlier years of like you know midwest blood fest and so natalie would come because it was always her birthday weekend so she would come hang out and like make it her like birthday weekend to hang out with us so it was it was always cool and she pretty much up through the pandemic she came to every single one it was awesome yeah that's crazy yeah shout out natalie and uh last we haven't i'm spoken in a while but uh, she left california that's the last i knew yeah she so she left california she moved to louisville for Mm -hmm. about two years and she lived here for two years and then she moved to she's now in oregon oh shout out so she's yeah she's chilling in oregon northwest underrated place uh there's a lot of good things up there i know i still haven't been you know my wife went to school in uh portland and you know, she talks about all the time. She talks about how great it is and how much she loves Seattle. And I've just never been to that whole portion of the country. The most north I've been out west is when last year when I was living in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I almost got convinced to move to Portland because I had a buddy um, who lived in Vegas and then he moved up to Portland and I, I went up there to to visit him to check things out because I'd never been up there before. So it was my first time like on an airplane 
And it, it was a pretty fun experience. And I was there for about like two weeks and he was like, dude, you should just move up here to just stay here. Like, we'll figure it out. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, this would be nice. But I was like, there's no Disneyland up here. Like, that's honestly, that's the only reason why I didn't move to Portland because there's no Disneyland up there. So I just uh, was weighing out my options and it didn't make sense to to move that far away from the park at the time. So I uh, turned down his offer. Sure. And so I, I take it you're like an annual pass holder, I would assume. Well, I, I was at this point. There's um, uh, it doesn't exist anymore out here in California. They that's got, right. They did get rid of it. Yeah, they they got rid of the program. But uh, there was actually news today that came out that um, they're gonna um, you know, bring back the program by the end of the year, which okay. uh, w- which was totally obvious. They they just wanted to uh, restructure and try to make it make more sense business wise for them because I've, I've always said it um, publicly that. Uh, you know, Disney kind of got the shit end of the stick when it came to pass holders because we were paying, um, you know, uh, you know, X amount of dollars to be able to go to the park whenever we wanted. And pass holders were notorious for not being real big spenders once they were in the park. And sure. And yeah, yeah. they're bringing their own snacks. So they're coming after work or like whenever they already they already ate. They're just kind of hanging out like they're not making the most of it like a normal like out of town or like tourists would be right. Exactly. So, so, yeah, that makes the most sense. Yeah, so Disney took the opportunity, you know, during the pandemic, to be like, all right, cool, like nobody's been here, um, everybody's passes expired, we're not going to offer renewals right now. So they, uh, you know, announced that they were killing off the program, uh, but then shortly after they announced that they were killing it off, they sent out like a bunch of surveys to um, former pass holders to, uh, like, you know, try to gauge what kind of features they would um, like with a new program. So uh, it's, it's pretty interesting, but it, it makes total sense. Like they're not going to give us free reign like they did before. So I, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be like um, they, they used to have like one of their lower tier passes where you would have to just, um, you know, you'd have like a like a window where you could uh, pick a couple dates that you could reserve that you were able to go in advance instead of just being able to, you know, go whenever you wanted. So I think they're just trying to do that to um, have a bit of uh, crowd control and be able to just, uh, you know, make, make it more enjoyable for everybody else. Cause um, yeah, pass holders were probably some of the worst guests um, to be honest. Cause it, uh, out here, the, the culture is a little different versus like Disney world. Like out here, it was like way more locals in the park because there were so many pass sure. holders. There was over like a million pass holders. But if you were to go to like Disney World, that's way different. Yeah, there are pass holders, but the majority of guests are like um, foreigners or uh, tourists. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's pretty much why I prefer Disneyland to Disney World right there in a nutshell. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to put a pause on the Disney talk. Obviously, like I'm really excited to talk to you about that. But I'm more curious about you because you briefly mentioned you um, you didn't grow um, grow up in Louisville. Like, can you talk about uh, like your upbringing, where you did grow up? Sure. Yeah. So both of my parents are lifelong Chicagoans. So I was born in the suburbs of Chicago, um, probably up through about like third grade. Uh, at that point, my parents decided to move to the northern suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. So that's where I kind of grew up, like, you know, from third grade through high school. That's where I lived uh, in this like predominantly like white middle class suburb on the north side of the city. Um, you know, my, my family was more lower middle class. So it was like kind of tough fitting in, like we weren't poor by any means, but like compared to the people I was going to school with, I might as well have been poor, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I lived up until, uh, 2010 when I was like, I want to get out of here. I'm so tired of the city. And, uh, I moved to Louisville because it seemed like the natural place. I had a bunch of friends here. I used to come down here for shows and stuff all the time. And so since then. This is where I've liked to call home. 
Yeah, I'm curious. You mentioned uh, Chicago. Are, are you familiar with a, a place called Vernon Hills? Vernon Hills. Um, no, there's so many suburbs okay. and like weird, like outlying city, like towns and cities in Chicago. So like I'm familiar with like a handful. Um, I grew up in a place called uh, kind of back and forth between my grandparents, you know, when my parents weren't working between Joliet, Illinois and Downers Grove, Illinois. Um, Downers Grove is closest to Naperville. Uh, shout out uh, John Caution from Weekend Nachos. He's from Naper- Naperville. So we talk about Naperville a lot in, in that part of town um uh what what about what what what's what's with vernon hills oh there's a um uh now controversial youtuber who's from there that uh i'm, I'm a big fan of so anytime anybody brings up uh, chicago um, i always have to ask if they're familiar with um you know where he was from Mm-mm. yeah no unfortunately i'm not but uh like i said there's so many like small towns and like in like cities surrounding chicago like Unless, like, if I still lived there and was, like, more tapped into, like, the culture or, like, the surroundings, I'd probably, I'm sure I'd probably be more aware of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure my parents are familiar with it. I have no idea. But. And you mentioned you uh, traveled to Louisville for shows. Did you ever attend anything, like, locally in Chicago? Um. So, well, by the time, I mean, I was in Chicago until about third grade. So, I got, like, it was when we moved to Indianapolis and, like, you know, when I was, like, 15 or 16 when I started going to hardcore shows, Mm -hmm. um, in Indianapolis. So, uh, I've definitely gone to a ton of Chicago shows since then, you know, um, you know, and, and, and made a bunch of friends up there. And, uh, you know, I mean, some of the more formative experiences, you know, some of the biggest shows I ever went to were in Chicago, uh, even to this day, some of the best shows I've ever seen were in Chicago. Um, uh, there used to be this band called expired youth, uh, that was, uh, the band before there was there was a band on triple b in their earlier years called thought crusade that was from chicago and it was like members of expired youth um and that was a really cool show like the first step played so like i had never seen them that was really awesome mm-hmm. and like this all this band from uh new york called uh black ss played uh it was awesome and then a couple years later there so there's this guy in chicago uh named jim grimes who like promotes a lot of the shows he was in a bunch of different chicago bands and for a long time he was doing like birthday shows every year where it was like a big deal and uh one year it was he had the suicide file do a reunion show it was like their first reunion show in like a long time Mm -hmm. and so it was like god it was at this like elks lodge type of place in in like middle like like some nowhere town kind of in the surrounding area of chicago uh it was like blizzarding outside but the lineup was insane it was like suicide file headlined um blacklisted played and this was 2008 so like blacklisted played they're like at their peak popularity hope conspiracy turmoil ringworm uh who else uh damnation ad uh the killer played chicago legends Mm -hmm. Uh, and then this band convicted played one of their earlier shows at that. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing a band or two, but yeah, it was awesome. It was like such a stacked show. And I mean, I was like, I was like 18 or 19 at the time, just like totally blown away at like the experience. It was just absolutely wild. Damn. I, I totally forgot about the su- uh, suicide file. Um, I saw them when they played sound and fury. Uh, what year was that? It was like 20, 2011 or mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it was some. It was the year after they played the uh, their reunion show. This is hardcore, and I, I was like super stoked because that band was so awesome. And then 
they played out here that uh, Sound of Fury, and then they just never came back. Which yeah, I don't great know. bands. Yeah, awesome great. band. I, I guess it's I guess it's nice that they didn't like you know like kind of like overplay like their reunion or whatever. They kind of just did their thing and just kind of you know fell right. back. I mean, they came back and it seemed like for a few years, like several years in a row, it felt like they played uh, like this is hardcore several mm-hmm. times. Yeah, um, as well as like maybe some like other showcases in the Northeast. But uh, yeah, great bands and like what a what a, it's crazy because like I feel like a band like them would not go over well now. Like I don't think younger kids would get it. I, I don't think they'd be like like they. What is this? You know. Uh, Honestly, I have no idea because I, I feel like my taste of, like of music is just um, you know I I just like what I like and I, I'm I'm just sure. not really sure uh, what's uh, the in thing. Like obviously, like I I see like stuff on social media, people will um you know repost uh you know certain bands way more than others but uh you know since we've been absent from uh, doing shows uh, for almost a year and a half uh, it's kind of hard to gauge that right now yeah it's true yeah it's true it'll be interesting um but yeah so definitely a lot of cool shows in chicago definitely Mm -hmm. try to get up there as much as i can um but Indianapolis is kind of where my formative years were spent in terms of like getting into punk and hardcore and like going to shows and, and whatnot. But it wasn't until I got to Louisville where I started really playing in bands. And uh, when you're out there um, in your formative years in Indianapolis, uh, how'd you even stumble across hardcore? Well, so like I said, so I grew up in this town called Fishers. And again, like we're talking like mostly middle upper middle class mm-hmm. uh you know, kids and, and, you know, predominantly white and, and whatnot. And so there's like, it's a pretty cookie cutter type of town, you know? So, you know, at, you know, growing up, you're just like, you know, I watched MTV. I listened to, you know, I was like the weird kid. I like listened to metal and stuff. Like I was like, I was like a big Metallica fan and like Pantera fan when I was like, you know, like 13, 14. And then it wasn't until oddly enough, like when I started going to like, like church i didn't grow up like christian at all mm. um and my parents certainly weren't but like my sister was and so i would go with her sometimes and you know found out about like all the like solid state bands and like face down bands uh because i was like trying to stop listening to like secular music mm-hmm. uh so like i found like under oath and like haste the day uh this old band from solid state they were based out of indianapolis uh gwen stacy another band that was like huge uh especially for for that location and just like you know just all those bands norma jean you know all that stuff and so that's kind of how i found it but it wasn't until i started going to shows to like local metalcore shows and i would see kids in like champion shirts or like terror shirts and be like what is that mm-hmm. like i've never I, what is that and so like i started like listening to that and like downloading stuff on like limewire and like uh uh soul seek and uh i remember the first time i have like the first hardcore records i ever bought with like any of my money i bought uh lowest to the low and uh turn it around at my local best buy on cd that's wild i do think about buying cds at best buy these days is so strange walking to my local best buy there's like no like physical media they're like pushing like you know their appliances and electronics that's crazy i don't think i don't even think they have cds anymore i mean they'll have like obviously like blu-rays and like you know certain dvds and stuff and like video games but i don't even think they have cds but it's also been a while since i've even needed to go to a best buy for anything so yeah man but cds um are you know obviously interesting uh format 
uh, I feel like there's still like a uh, you know community of people that collect CDs. Um, you know, it, it's weird. Like um, unintentionally, I, I have started collecting um, CDs because uh, uh, I, I started listening to K-pop and like a lot of their albums. It's it's all like mainly CDs. Some some right. groups, some groups will do vinyl, but that's more rare in like that genre, which is pretty interesting. And it's funny because like some of my younger friends now, like I see them like they have like these insane CD collections. Like mm-hmm. they collect CDs the way that like you or I would have like collected or new people that collected vinyl when mm. we were like younger it's just very funny to me that like for us vinyl was like the super outdated technology that like was sought after and yeah. like i'm seeing like multiple kids now that are like 10 years younger than me that are like like have these impressive cd collections and i'm like how we how funny how yeah. funny is that yeah but when you think about hardcore like uh it's like every format you know like vinyl tape cds and then you know now digital it's like everything's like popular people are, are out there collecting uh, you know every single type of format which is uh, pretty cool sure yeah no it's awesome i mean it's no judgment it's just mm-hmm. funny how it goes because at the time like you know when you know when i was younger like cds were like current you get like a burn cd of like a local band's like demo or like you know whatever um but it was just you know it was a cd like your cars had cd players yeah you had cd booklets that was just something you had but like you collected records because it was cool because it was like there's different pressings and different colors and like you know more rare pieces and whatnot same with tapes um and you didn't treat cds as like oh i gotta buy the new cd it was just like if you had one cool you bought it only because you wanted to listen to it in your car because maybe you didn't have like an aux cord yet mm-hmm. or whatever and now it's like if it almost feels like the younger people are like oh like i gotta have the cd version of that like to have a complete like collection whereas like before i don't think anyone would have cared yeah i am curious why bands haven't like tried to make like you know special editions when it comes to the, like their uh cd format because obviously you know bands will still do special um you know pressings of vinyl like you know uh, different colorways different uh, sure. covers or inserts or whatever but w- when it comes to their cds it's just like it's just standard I, I i don't think i can't even think of a band that's done like a special version for their cd yeah, no, I can't think of it either. Like occasionally, I remember I would buy like a CD and I'd be like, "Oh, it's like that's a, like a nice, it's like a screen printed like cover on it, like on the uh, like on the actual disc itself." Like I'd be like, "Oh, that's like a nice touch mm-hmm. or whatever." Or sometimes you get ones that are like, like maybe it was like an EP from a band and it would be like one of those weird like CDs that's like half clear almost like on the edges like it would be like half clear i remember having a couple of them that look like that and yeah i think that would be cool i think it would be interesting to see more thought put into like cd like packaging and designs for like more current bands or even older bands too all right two witnesses special edition cd release of the demo sounds good i'm down 100 percent. okay um i'm not sure who's gonna do it it's not gonna be me but it's just I don't know. putting don't it know. out yeah, there we'll figure it out yeah okay. for sure so yeah we're taking all offers right now so okay. please <laughs> contact contact jim somebody figure it out um, yeah someone figure it out but you, you mentioned uh, you didn't start playing in bands until you moved to louisville but when did you start uh, playing instruments oh good lord uh so i started playing guitar when i was probably 12 i want to okay. say started playing guitar i would pick up my dad's every now and then so i'm left-handed oh me too everyone in my family so oh nice welcome yeah that's awesome uh so like everyone in my family is right-handed so my dad had like all his guitars were right-handed so i would like play it like wrong and i remember my grandpa would try to teach me right-handed when i was like you know like 
nine or 10 and I'd be like, nah, it's not comfortable. I don't want to do it that way. Hmm. And so when I actually got serious about it, I like had like a cheap little acoustic guitar and like restrung it to be like left-handed and like just started learning like, you know, like simple, like, you know, Beatles songs and stuff like that. You know, like whatever my dad had like song books all around the house. And I learned like, you know, your regular chords and stuff. And then it wasn't until a little, when I got a little bit older and started, like I said, I was like into metal and like, like a bunch of like classic rock, like Led Zeppelin and like ACDC and stuff like that. When I got my first electric guitar that was uh, given to me by my, one of my friends, he uh, had like a shitty, like Squire, like, Mm -hmm. like, like Stratocaster. And he was given this, but like someone at his church gave him like a really nice like Fender Stratocaster. And so he gave me his like shitty, like Squire one. And I like took it to Guitar Center and they like helped me flip the nut and like string it right left-handed. So I was like, you know, Jimi Hendrix style. And uh, that was when I really started like getting serious about playing guitar. Um, And I played, I played guitar pretty much consistently ever since then. Uh, I started playing drums kind of at a young age. I, was like always like you know tapping on stuff and like banging on stuff and then by the time i was able to like play like percussion like in like school band i started doing that um but i never owned a drum set until like much later like i would always play on like i had friends that had drum sets at their house and so i would like play on those but like my parents house is pretty small and they were for sure never gonna let me get like a drum set and like set it up in like my bedroom or something so like like that was never uh, an option so it really wasn't until i was a little bit older when i had i think it wasn't it it wasn't until i moved to louisville where i had my own drum set in like our practice space for like the first like serious band that i ever did that i was able to like really play consistently so i was like 20 at that time oh wow okay that's cool drums are yeah it's a lot to carry around takes up a lot of space dude it's it's a nightmare like so we're trying to buy a house right now and like i'm like telling i tell my wife all the time like we have to have a basement like it has to have a finished basement because i'm the first thing i'm doing is buying a drum set mm-hmm. yeah that's the first thing i'm doing <laughs> that's awesome um so how long were you in louisville before you uh, decided to move to california just shy of 10 years almost made it a full 10 years um and then my wife was like i want to work in the cannabis industry and i was like okay mm-hmm. let's try it you know, we're not, we're not getting any younger and we don't have kids right now. So like, if there's a time to do it, let's, let's go for it. Let's give it a shot. And it was awesome until it wasn't anymore. So we, we got into California in November of 2019 and we got to enjoy a solid, like four months before the whole world fell to shit with the pandemic. And so then we were just pretty much trapped inside from, march of 2020 to when we moved back in november and I, i'm curious how'd you decide on i'm um, going up north oh uh, well so she was like i want to work in the cannabis industry and i was like okay so she started like interviewing and like applying to different um uh different companies uh, all across california mm-hmm. she'd interviewed for a few in like la um, she's originally from San Diego, so I think she might have even interviewed for some down there as well. Uh, but she was even looking in like she I think she she had applied to some places in like Washington as well. So it wasn't just California. It was okay. like all across. But it wasn't until she got an inter- like she got in with a company like a startup in uh, the Oakland area mm-hmm. that she was starting to get that real traction. And so that was the one that ended up like seeming like the best fit. And, you know, I 
hadn't been to the Bay Area since I was like a teenager, like a, like I was like 13 or 14 last time I was in California, like in that part of California. And so I was like, let's go, let's try it. Like, it's beautiful. Like, why not? And so, yeah, that was how, that was how we ended up there. Interesting. And did you already say, uh, you guys already have like a network of friends out there or did you guys just kind of move out there and meet new people? No. Yeah, I do. I knew no one. I knew not a soul. Uh, it's funny. So like a couple of, like maybe a month or two before we were ready to move. Like we knew it was at the point where like, you know, you're moving and you're kind of like just getting everything like or in order. Cause it's hard, obviously like a cross country move like that's a little bit more than just like packing your U-Haul and like going like to the other side of your city or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like there was a lot of like coordination. And so we knew a couple of months before the move like that, it was like set in stone and that everything is now just like coordinating. And in Louisville that, that like late that summer, that tour, there was a tour of, uh, it was hands of God and Gulch were coming through Louisville. Mm -hmm. And so at that show, I'm like, I'm moving to California. Like, like, you know, and these guys are from where I'm moving to, like from the general area. So I just like went up to a few of them after their sets, you know, like, Hey, good set, you know, just like letting you know, like I'm, uh, I'm moving to like your part of the country soon. So like, you know, just let's hang out. And everyone was super awesome. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys were really cool. And I, people that I ended up hanging out with quite a bit, you know, for the short time that we were able to, you know, hang out safely. Damn, that's crazy. That's cool, though. Hardcore is awesome in a way that you could just go up to these random dudes and be like, hey, like, what's up? And, you know, and granted, those guys up there, I've never um, you know, every that I've ever talked to from like, you know, the Bay Area up north, um, been nothing but nice, great guys, uh, you know, and sure. gals. I, I've never ran into anybody who was like, you know, mean or negative. Everybody that I've talked to or interacted with has been super awesome. Yeah, everyone there is like so welcome. They, they were they, they were awesome. Like they knew that, like, obviously, like it was like, like, you know, it's a huge move, especially me. It was like massive culture shock by the time I got out there. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not a stranger to California, but to grow up in the midwest and like and like grow up in like these like cities but like smaller cities and then to get to the you know the ocean and like you know these massive metropolitan areas it's like it's pretty it's pretty wild plus we moved to oakland which is like a pretty like wild place to live like it's a pretty it's awesome like i loved it mm -hmm. but like at first it's pretty overwhelming it's like a pretty overwhelming place um so everyone was super cool um, you know, shout out those guys, uh, hands of God and, and Gulch in particular, they were, they were all really cool and, and really awesome. And I can't wait to go back and visit them when the world opens up a little bit more. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, you say when the world opens up, I feel like we're, we're like almost there. I'm, you know, hearing <laughs> New York's fully opening on like May 15th. And I'm just like, wow, that's like, mm -hmm. that's in 10 days. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's. We're getting there, uh, you know. I, I don't know about you, but I, we are just shy of three weeks post our second COVID vaccine mm -hmm. uh, doses. So we're we're good in our house, and you know, a lot of our friends are fully vaxxed, so we're starting to make more plans and see more people. Um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I, I don't know how long it's going to be before. Well, we have to actually. It's funny enough. We have to go to California in August for her brother's wedding. Uh, so I'll be getting on a plane then, and that'll be the first time I've gotten on a plane since just right before the pandemic. So okay, that's it's wild. I, I've been on an airplane once since the pandemic started. Well, okay, no, technically twice. I lied because I had to do a round trip. I had to fly to Florida and back. Oof! And you did this in the middle of the pandemic? 
uh, October of last year. How stressful was that? Um, if I'm going to be hundred percent honest, I was like zero percent stressed because two weeks before that I had uh, gone to Las Vegas for it was, it was my buddy's birthday. And that's where I'm like, okay, this is like the breeding ground of COVID because like out there, um, cause the, the, the reason why I went is because he's like a foodie and he really right. wanted to eat at hell's kitchen. So we, we you know, sure. booked a, we booked a hotel like right across from where the restaurant was, which is right on the strip. And you know, when you're out there, like, like literally nobody's masked up. Everybody's drinking. It's just like a party. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is, that's where, the, that's just, that's where I was like nervous. I was just like, I just want to, you know, just walk from the hotel to the restaurant. Let's eat and let's just come back. I'm not trying to mingle out here with all these like, you know, weird drunk people uh, who probably have COVID and I'm just trying to, you know, get back to California safe. And luckily, right. yeah, luckily I survived Las Vegas. It didn't get sick. Went to Orlando, which was, um, which was, I, I felt like everything that I was told was a lie. Cause like, you know, they're like, Oh, airports are a ghost town. But when I went to the airport, it was full. And then, um, all these reports of Disney world being, you know, empty, every ride's a walk on, get to the park. It seems like a normal day at the park, like, you know, like full capacity, but everybody's just wearing masks. And I was like, this is so strange, but I'm like, all right, it's fine. But yeah, I, I managed to, um, go to Florida and back and uh, be fine. Well, congrats. That's awesome. I mean, we were able to, you know, we had to drive across, you know, we, we, we decided last summer, you know, towards late summer, like, Hey, uh, let's cut our losses and mm-hmm. go back because right now we're just paying like an astronomical amount of money to just sit inside all day. And at the time we were both working remote and we were like, there's really just no point in us being here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the plan was to be in California for a few years anyway, and then like move back when we were like ready to start a family. But we were just like, we don't know when things are going to go remotely back to normal. And like, it, it just doesn't seem like to make the most sense to just stay here right now. Um, and so it was disappointing because we both like, you know, we wanted like a really sick, like last kind of hurrah and it just didn't work out that way. And so when we decided to move back, you know, we're driving back across, you know, then you know you know the southwest and and you know other deeper parts in the midwest uh in november and by the time we hit like missouri there's like a very clear line of like i went into a gas station and no one was wearing masks Mm -hmm. and i was like wow like this is pretty pretty insane because like coming from the bay area where like everyone is generally pretty pc and like like you know cares about other people and like you know like just kind of you know does the right thing for the most part to that i was just like totally blown away yeah that's that's crazy i was actually at the mall the other day um and saw a couple of people just straight up no masks and i'm like wow those are some rebels and like I, i'm not like i'm not the covid police you know I'm, I'm not gonna yell at anybody for not wearing a mask i'm just uh, you know just trying to keep myself safe and uh you know and there was we we're just like crossing paths but i was just still tripping out because it, it feels like you know because like we're in like this weird like gray area where there's like you know so many people who are vaccinated or so many people with the antibodies and um it it's it felt like you know especially out here it just feels like the pandemic has been over in a lot of people's minds for such a long time but now we're at this point where like so many things are opening up you can you know go out eat at restaurants and like uh 
I, I follow like the the like one of the local papers here and like they, they posted um, they used to post daily of like this like COVID tracker. They would tell you like how many new cases, how many new deaths. And we used to be right. in like, you know, like we would see like thousands of new cases a day. But and they used to post it every day. And, um, you know, things have kind of slowed down. And, and they, they posted one the other day, which um, they hadn't done in a while. And it was just like, oh, 75 new cases. I'm like. 75 that's like way lower than like you know the 50,000 numbers that we were seeing like in the height of all this so i'm just like damn this is sure crazy like that we've gotten to this point where it's gotten so low and it just feels like it, it, honestly i'm not even lying it, it feels like a lot of people just don't care out here anymore yeah um yeah it's it's absolutely it's absolutely like insane because even here like cases especially over like christmas were like astronomical and mm-hmm. now we're at the point where like you said like i'm looking and it's like oh just 90 cases today like that's pretty low like you know like that's not too bad like that's manageable but like i said now that now that you know we're at least in you know our house like you know we're vaccinated now and like the liberation that comes with that is Mm -hmm. like fantastic because i i was so stressed out for just months on end just like am i gonna get sick am i gonna get someone else sick like what's gonna happen and now I don't like have to worry about that because cases are so low and like yeah it's it's great everything is awesome right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I had that stress for for all of 2020 and I, I managed to um, you know be safe, but I, I eventually got COVID um, early this year, like earlier this year. And oh, wow. yeah, and I was, and like it was weird because I was like, uh, you know, once it was like once I got better, um, and, and I didn't have it like bad. I was just like down for like a week and a half. But like once I, I got through it, I was like kind of like this weird like relief. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like I finally got it. I don't have to like worry about like shit. Am I going to get it? Like where is it? Like this weird like invisible monster chasing me? You know, for the past year right. I have. Right. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, a bunch of my friends have ended up getting it. I one of my friends got it like a month ago. I'm like, dude, how did you get it like now? Like, yeah. What is, <laughs> what is wrong with you? What do you like? How reckless were you? That's wild. Well, he works in the restaurant industry, so okay. I have to imagine that it happened there. Yeah, if it were going to happen anywhere mm-hmm. when you're like seeing so many people and like people are just don't, you know, we we have just now in the past like two or three weeks just started feeling comfortable going to eat outside. Okay, for sure. No, so, like, I, I, I totally get that. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it, it is strange because obviously, like when you go so long without doing something that used to be so common, just to kind of like ease back into it, it, it it's strange. So, but luckily, like, you know, the weather's getting better and the cases are dropping and we're just like trying to get it back a little bit of normalcy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to eat inside anytime soon, but, you know, I'm sure that'll change once, once everything else changes, you know? Yeah. So you, you, you don't feel safe enough to go to a show at this point? Like if there was a show tomorrow, probably not. At least not indoors. Maybe maybe outside. Maybe a small like thing outside. Like like if there was like some like you know like I don't want to say like regulated, but like if there was like a small outdoor show mm-hmm. like in Louisville anyway, that's not going to be a big draw. We're talking like max like seventy five people, and I know for a fact everyone would be smart enough or wise enough to like wear a mask and like be mindful of other people. I would go to that. Now would I go to something like? what happened in new york mm-hmm. that's, what I was gonna, that's what i was gonna ask sure i mean like like if you want my opinion on it i'm more than happy to give that uh it's pretty cut and dry i mean like like i understand people 
wanting to fight authority. Mm-hmm. I understand people being like, I'm tired of being kept inside. I'm tired of these businesses being able to operate, but we can't do this. However, when you look at the videos and you look at the pictures and you see virtually no one wearing a mask or being remotely safe about it, that's where I have the issue. Um, and again, it's not an issue of like, shame on you. It's just like, I wouldn't go. There's no way I'd go. There's no way that, 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 that that's something that I would be willing to put myself at risk. And I understand people being like, well, I'm not worried about it. And honestly, that's, that's your prerogative. And I, you know, more power to you, I guess, you know, but mm-hmm. the way it was handled on kind of both sides where there's like these like weird microaggressions kind of going on back and forth, like that's not really the appropriate way either. Yeah, hundred percent. I, um, I, I said it on here. Um, I forgot who I was talking to. I think it was maybe my buddy, Dan, um, like I, I get that everybody, you know, uh, made the choice to go, but I just hope that everybody just took the precaution to be safe afterwards with whoever they came in contact with, because, you know, there were so many people, you know, at their jobs or roommates, relatives, whatever, um, who, you know, didn't really have a choice to, uh, you know, uh, come in contact with you after you went to that show. So it's just like, right. I just hope everybody made the effort to, you know, maybe get tested or um, maybe quarantine for a little bit before they went out and mingled with other people who didn't make the choice to go to that show, you know? Sure. I mean, and that's, that's the big thing is like, just trying to instill in people the like things like, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. It's not about your freedoms. It's not about you getting sick. Cause yeah, you're probably right. Like you probably won't die. You'll probably be fine more than likely. However, it's not about you. It's about other people. It's about protecting other people and just remotely giving a shit about other people. And like the whole sentiment of like, if you don't want to go to the show, then just stay home. And like, you know, that's fun. Yeah. I, I happily, I will stay mm-hmm. home. That is not a problem. But this whole like rhetoric that like, like if you want to stay home and be like a scared, like, you know, weakling, like that's silly. Like, come on. Like that's clearly not the case. Let's not paint this picture. Right. Um, like to downplay it puts you at a certain like you know lines in the sand are being drawn right now right i feel like a lot has been shown over the past few weeks of just how conservative a lot of punks and hardcore kids are Mm -hmm. which is pretty funny to me it's pretty it's pretty ironic yeah it it blows my mind that it's like we all want to get to the same place but we're just like i feel like we're all just going about it different and it, 100%. yeah and it, like it's like this weird gray area and it's just like i it's like dude like yeah we're we all want to get to this to um you know nobody like before this like n- nobody uh you know willingly went out and was like yeah like i'm just gonna wear a mask you know like honestly it, it was like you know for like people who are actually like sick or becoming sick you know uh but right. but it's like yeah like we, we all have this goal in mind where we want to be able to you know go back and uh, or or get back to a place where we can just uh, live our life and not have to worry about this uh, virus and uh, you know be able to go out to the to the movies or go to a show you know bands can go on tour or whatever but it's like yeah like we're all like <laughs> we're just like we're all like fighting each other just to try to get to the same place and it just blows my mind right 100 percent. yeah it's like it's like i said it's all about just like like having important and honest and open conversations with people, even within our own scene that mm-hmm. have a different viewpoint and just being able to like, you can agree to disagree without resorting to like name calling or like, 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 you know, like putting someone else's down for their like views. Cause I thought like, that's kind of a whole like opposite of like what we've been doing for years now at this point, mm-hmm. like the whole reason I got into punk and hardcore was so I wouldn't be 
shit on for like the things I choose to do uh, or not do. And so you would think that that would kind of reciprocate, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. Like I said, it's weird. It's like, there's almost like a weird divide in, in the scene right now, just like there is in like political parties in our country, which just seems so stupid. Yeah. And it, 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 to me, like I'll, um, you know, and I'm not the one to ever really get um, involved with like weird drama because honestly, like 99% of the time, it like it doesn't really like involve me directly. So like I'm never the one to want to just go like um, you know insert my opinion or whatever because like honestly, it doesn't really matter, you know. Um, but like when I take a step back and look at like you know situations like you know um like everybody fighting over the show happening in New York, I'm just like, man, it just seems like there's a lot of people within our scene. Um, that just shouldn't even be here that don't really seem like real hardcore people if that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean i know like it's funny because like i get i 100 agree with you because it almost like you know i don't want to like be labeled ever like a gatekeeper or like anything like that you know obviously yeah. this is for everyone but like there are certain demographics of people like when it comes to things like religion or even like political affiliation where i'm like is this the right call for you like is this where you are you sure this is where you want to be like does this really align with what you believe because uh, like i just don't I, I don't know like i feel like like at this point being like basically a conspiracy theorist with the virus puts you in a pretty clear space at least to me so like 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 are you sure that like this is where you think you're gonna find the most uh like in common with other people is like thinking that this virus is like either a joke or not serious mm -hmm. or that the vaccines are not safe or you know whatever it just it's it just seems so silly to me like i said yeah and i feel like for, for anybody to think that it's a joke at this point is yeah it, it's like mind-blowing it's like dude no like it's like literally affected the entire world like like granted like in the very beginning i thought it was a joke when i'm seeing memes of people in china with their eyes you know bleeding and i'm like okay that, that's crazy that's just like this weird disease that's never gonna come here but then when uh you know there's a guy in a couple cities over who got it and then they quarantine an airplane down in ontario and then disneyland shuts down then uh you know hardcore gets shut down it's just like no this is like very real and it's like here like, at our home front and like we gotta like handle it you know right well even like last summer like i really didn't know anyone personally that had covid like i don't i don't think i knew one single person okay. i knew like maybe like my friend's grandmother got it or mm -hmm. like you know something like that but i didn't like none of my friends had it like not like none of them True. and then by winter several like a lot of my friends had had it or are getting over it or would get it in the next you know couple months uh so you know it, it, it's just yeah it's funny and especially you know you bring up what's going on in the world like everyone thinks that like the virus is okay right now and i'm like look at what's happening in india like it's horrifying like it's terrifying what's going on there and like like you know the more the virus runs rampant and the less people get vaccinated like you know how long until the vaccine that i got is going to be useless because it's mutated so much to the point where it's like doesn't even matter anymore yeah, I feel like it's just like this is like how I mentioned at the very beginning where it's just like, yeah, since it's not like, you know, here affecting us directly, like, I feel like that's why right. a lot of people can just kind of turn a blind eye and be like, OK, yeah, like, let's go out to the clubs. Let's go to, you know, to a fest or, you know, whatever. Um, so I feel like people feel way more comfortable um, that way because, like, they don't have to deal with it directly as much. Sure. Right. I mean, it, exactly. Like, uh, like, I mean, 
growing up like i mean uh, until this virus like i wasn't worried about other viruses like i remember when like sars was a thing mm-hmm. and i never once was like oh man i hope that doesn't come here like i'm super worried about it you're just like oh it's that thing in that other country that's like never it's that'll probably never happen to you yeah you know and like for sure like at some level like i remember asking some friends like towards the beginning of the pandemic because in the bay like we shut down first we shut down like two weeks before like everybody yeah. else and so i was like i would ask my friends i'd be like are you gonna like wear a mask and stuff and they're like no like not until like not unless they like tell me that i have to like i'm just gonna go about living my life the way that i have been like i'm not gonna worry too much about it and i was like that's fair and then it wasn't until like they shut down like the cities and we were all like oh shit like this is this is going down man dude i remember those days like even down here when uh they were um you know putting out those curfews where you know you, you couldn't be out uh, past 10 and it was like you were actually like working and had proof and stuff and, and just like it being kind of like eerie because I, I work like early in the day so i'm um, you know i'm out on the road pretty early so just seeing like zero traffic and just being able to get from like point a to point b in like a quarter of the time that i was like used to i'm like this is so strange it was nice because uh, it's not yeah. like that anymore but yeah like those early days where the pandemic were definitely a trip yeah yeah it's just bizarre but i mean i get it like i get where everyone's coming from like i'm just as tired of visit i i want to go to a show so bad but like i'm not i don't think i'm ready yet to like put myself or others at risk just for that luxury like i'm at the point now where like i'll settle for seeing my family and like seeing a bunch of my like you know a bunch of my friends in like a group setting again like that's what i miss that's what i need more than anything right now for sure like hardcore as much as i miss it can wait just a little bit longer yeah there's a show happening out here um this weekend it's like a right yeah it's, it's like you know there's like this like punk show going on and i'm it, it captured my interest because there's a band um alpha and omega who hasn't been active sure. in like right. <laughs> in like years and i'm just like uh, like part of me is curious like wow like why did they pick like this show of all shows to come back and um and i'm just like dude this this is crazy because i like that band and i think i wish that they never broke up because I, I thought they made awesome music but obviously they had their yeah, reasons the for yeah they had their own reasons for wanting to i um, mean you know, stop the band but the fact that they're coming back i'm like oh this is like is this going to be like you know a one-time thing or are they going to come back full-time so i'm just kind of like damn like do i want to miss this uh but then also like like I'm, I'm like still not like super comfortable like obviously like i i uh, you know said that i would go to a show um you know right now uh, a couple episodes ago but now that it's like here presented for me like okay cool this weekend there's a show and i'm just kind of like oh man am i really gonna go so I, it's like it's up in the air for me um uh, right i mean again like i it's funny because it's so weird how presentation makes things different for me mm-hmm. like i see the show in new york and i'm like that's gonna be a shit show like that's crazy like it's at Tompkins square like it's like all these like you know super like you know legendary bands like it's gonna be massive it's gonna be packed and like everything i've seen for the show coming up in la is like like very like ask a punk Mm -hmm. and like i love that like that to me is so different because it shows that they're like we're not broadcasting this for everyone to go it's not going to be at like some public park you know what i mean like like this is going to be ran our way you can come if you want um you know you'll have to figure out the details but like you know something about it just seems a little bit less risque i don't know why i don't know why i feel that way but that's the way it's being presented i'm like oh i can get behind that i still wouldn't go but like that's cool yeah for sure and i i've been kind of trying to get some feelers from like you know people 
um, who I know, who I figure might be there just to see, like, you know, just kind of check the temperature. Cause like, um, you know, I, uh, just wanted to kind of see who's going to be there, uh, you know, from like my circle, from people that, that, that I hang out and talk to and sure. yeah. And, and there's not a lot of people. There's not, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, they're just like, um, uh, you know, kind of talking to me, like I'm crazy for even asking, but I'm just like, I don't right. know. It, it's here. Cause, cause, um, from, uh, talking to people, there's been, um, you know, uh, shows, you know, going on in LA, but like, you know, in secret, not, you know, being uh, posted. Right. Uh, so th- this isn't like the first time this has happened in a long time. I know this has been going on, but this is just the first sure. time that there's been, you know, it had been posted with an actual like flyer on the internet. Right. I've seen for like a while now, various friends of mine in like the LA area, whether they live there or they're just visiting, like posting videos from like those like secret, like warehouse shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's bold. Like that's, that's punk as shit but like i wouldn't go like that's crazy though but like i'm sure that's happening in lots of places everywhere and has been for months and months now yeah because i i I just kind of feel um we're at the point where like you know um as weird as it is because people have been like oh yeah i can't wait till shows come back but i feel like we're just already here like you know the madball show happened that that sheer terror show happened uh, you know, there's um, I saw that uh, there's that Australian band on Flat Spot just um, you know, put out that they're playing a show. My friends in the UK just uh, announced a show later this year, so I'm just like, we're here. Uh, you know, it's back, but just not. Um, I I, I just I, I guess it's not the way that I expected because I, I I just assumed that um, you know, we're gonna get to this point where um, it was like safe to go out. Uh, well, more safe than it is now and that there was going to be like these like special shows happening. But no, it's just kind of like, all right, it, it just kind of gradually happened. And it's like, you know, shows happen here, you know, New York. Now there's one in L.A., like I said, Australia, U.K. Right. So, it's well, just I mean, like, you know, someone had to be the first. True. Like someone had to be the first one to just be like, fuck it, we're doing this. And so no matter who did it, it was going to get shit on like period. Like whoever was going to be the first one to do it was going to get heat from at least one side right and so like unfortunately it was the madball show it is what it is you know i think for a lot of people the thing about the madball show is like they're i think a lot of people are like yeah that was reckless but i think a bunch of the responses has created the most outrage because these these older men are coming out and saying really fucking like out of pocket off the cuff like borderline sketchy shit trying to defend their actions mm-hmm. and i think that's where people are having the most issue with it like if they had just owned it and been like hey i get it that you don't agree with it like we felt like it was the best choice and like that's why we did it like you know we we, we didn't want to continue down this road we felt like it was safe enough to do it and that we uh, you know the people that were willing to come did it on their own accord and like you know i'm sorry you disagree with the way we did it but this is what we felt was right that's a perfectly appropriate response but when you start bringing in like black lives matter protests being allowed to happen so my hardcore show should be allowed to happen like that's such a insane comparison and false equivalency that like like that's where the problems are at least for me yeah i i i I saw that and i was like this is this is strange out there yeah you can't really compare the two just makes no sense no and like isn't this the shit you've been spouting for years like you know like you know we we helped kick racist Nazis out of the scene in the eighties and nineties and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so are you that now? Then why are you saying this? Like, just don't say that. It's quite simple, you know? And it's showing, it's funny because like 
people you know my age and older are like we see that shit and we're like yeah of course they would say that like of course that's like the rhetoric that would happen and yet and it's refreshing to see younger kids be like no 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 like this is not okay you know like these guys have gotten the pass for like far too long like why are they why are they representing what this stands for now and so i think that's pretty cool yeah and it, it kind of gets to a point where uh you know, a, a band, uh, you know, as prominent as them, but, you know, been around for so long, uh, but, uh, you know, you kind of get phased out because obviously with, with these newer kids, if you do stuff that they don't uh, agree with, and obviously people are going to speak up and speak their mind, which is totally fine, which I think is cool. Um, they're just going to not support and, you know, uh, bands are just going to kind of fade away. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sucks just because like, you know, like I like who doesn't like, I love the Chromex, like, mm-hmm like age of coral it's like such an important record for me and like getting into mm-hmm. punk and hardcore especially when i was younger but like it's hard to listen to it now or to care about it now seeing how a lot of them behave in the present true you know yeah. like turn you know tarnishing the legacy if you will uh yeah. you know by what you know overstaying their welcome or just totally trying to you know like this isn't about you anymore like there's a whole, there are other generations. Like I firmly believe that like hardcore is for like the youth, like hardcore and punk is for the youth. Like I'm still here and I'll probably be here for a very long time. I'd like to think forever, mm-hmm. but it's not for me anymore. I'm not angsty. I'm not in my twenties. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I like have a normal job. I'm married. You know, I'm trying to start a family soon. A lot of the things that I was worried about or thought about when I was younger that applied in hardcore don't apply to me now. And that's okay. But that just means that the younger kids now have something that they can, you know, seek refuge in. Right. And so that's what's important to remember. But when you're like pushing 60 and you're still trying to make this shit about you, like, just stop, just stop, just like exist, enjoy it as much as you want, participate as much as you want. This isn't for you anymore. Yeah, it, it it is uh sad to see like a band like that. Obviously, like when you start seeing trouble like within the band, and then you know there's like two crow mags, and that's where I started to kind of be like, this is weird. But then oh, yeah, so yeah. But yeah, then when they start absolutely. like um you know making these public statements <laughs> and kind of like embarrassing themselves, you know, in my opinion, uh, and just saying these like crazy yeah. stuff, it's just like okay, well, like I can't separate the art from the artist at this point. Like I just kind of have to kind of wash my hands with it and be like, damn, it was cool while it lasted but now i'm at the point where like yeah i can't even listen to it um, with the same frame of mind you know yeah 100 percent. yeah i couldn't agree more you know like i said like it's just you know it's like uh you know like they say in batman you know either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain and that's kind of what we're seeing right now yeah but just crazy because uh you know they, uh, it's, it's just wild and i i, I wish uh, you know, but, and, and I, I don't know like what they've been through or what kind of experiences they had to kind of, you know, change them or whatever, but it, it's just sad to me, but, but I do ag- agree with you that, you know, um, this hardcore punk thing, the youth aspect is super important. And, and that's part of the reason why I, I do this podcast is because I want to help kind of, you know, uh, put bands, um, you know, on people's radar, just kind of, you know, put bands or people that I think are interesting or uh, you're doing cool stuff within the scene to just kind of put it out there and help promote it just to get it out there for um, not only for like, you know, the experienced veterans who've been around for a long time, but for these new kids who probably um, are just getting into it or don't really have a sense of direction. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
because they're going to carry this long after we're gone. So, so that's why they're I mean, so important. Without, yeah, without the youth, it's nothing. Because then it's just a bunch of thirty-year-olds and up. And that's how <laughs> how dumb, how awful does that sound? That sounds like the least fun ever. Yeah, I love um, when I stumble so, across like like you know like younger bands um, who are just doing cool shit. I'm like, wow, that's so sick that there's younger kids out there who are taking interest and actually care. Absolutely. And like, it's funny because I feel like we're just now starting to see that generation come through, you know, because like, I feel like, at least in my like generation, like the, you know, people that are like closest to me to age kind of dominated for so long. And now like, you have these like, sick, awesome, super young bands like uh, Shackled from New Jersey, or like One Step Closer, or, uh, you know, like any any of those like, just hyper young, it's so cool to see. It's so cool to see them doing their thing. And like, they have like these massive fan bases and like kids losing their fucking minds at their shows and like singing along to every word. And it's just so cool to see. Cause I feel like I haven't seen that yet from a generation under mine. So it's been awesome. I, I love it. Yeah. But I feel like um, you're also like in an interesting spot as well, because I feel like, uh, for the longest time, uh, you know, your area, the, the Midwest was kind of overlooked by you know the, the scene in general. But I feel like over the past couple of years, you guys have kind of made a statement and you guys have you know cultivated a, a legit scene where it's like more of a destination now instead of, you know, just something that people want to fly over. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's been challenging, you know, especially growing up in Indianapolis, like you're not I was not a stranger to like, you know, driving five hours to go see like terror or half heart or you know ceremony or whoever it was at the time Mm -hmm. you know just because that tour might not be hitting indy but it's probably hitting louisville or nashville or chicago or cincinnati or st louis so like there's all these major cities kind of in the midwest that are not too far from each other and you just know that you're gonna have to go to one of those eventually so the midwest is a really tight community in that respect but yeah it's 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 an interesting dynamic because hardcore has been dominated so long by like you know either the west coast or the east coast and mm-hmm. often there's that forgotten like middle america and uh you know there's been awesome especially in the past few years you know shout out knock loose like obviously they're like one of the biggest bands and not just hardcore but like god like metal like <laughs> aggressive music in general they're mm-hmm. like getting up there they're like massive and like so they they've done a lot um you know, Harm's Way has been huge uh, from Chicago. Um, you know, it's it's been really sick. And like, you know, there's been other bands like newer, younger bands. Uh, that band Karma from Chicago is awesome. They're all super young and really cool. And I, I love that band. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to see the, the Midwest getting a little more love. You know, uh, th- there's that really awesome fest that happens up in Chicago called the Rumble. Uh, that's always uh, always a fun time. There used to be a really cool fest in St. Louis called Gateway to the West that they did for several years. That was always fun. And, you know, we've got LDB here now in Louisville. So it's definitely becoming a more notorious place to visit. And And a lot of the bands that are coming out are exciting and really good. Yeah. And that's awesome because I, I always tell people because, um, you know, uh, there are uh, people who focus a lot on like, you know, the 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 east coast the west coast but i'm just like dude there's good hardcore everywhere you just got to find it everywhere literally everywhere mm-hmm. yeah yeah no 100 percent because like i i come across bands and i'm just like dude like how the hell like is nobody talking about this band but then i get it i'm gonna go there for some random town that um doesn't have any hype or isn't known for producing like you know uh, good bands or whatever so people probably just um you know kind of just uh you know just kind of like 
mind their business just keep and keep going but i'm just like no like like i gotta try to do something to try to help these bands so uh yeah there's good hardcore everywhere you, you just gotta kind of take the time to just just do your do your research just take the time you know click a link look up something on spotify it's not that hard right i mean it's just like i get it like the midwest has produced a lot of silly shit there's been a lot of silly bands and like like honestly some pretty bad bands that have come out of this region there's been bad bands and, and pretty silly bands to come out of everywhere. True. You know what I mean? I can mm-hmm. think of tons from major <laughs> scenes that are like, why is this popular? Or why does anyone like this? Like, I don't get it genuinely. Yeah. And so, you know, but it's for some reason we seem to get most of the heat of that here. Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's cool that you guys are doing what you're doing now. Um, you know, I, crazy thing that um ldb was like the last like big fest like or big hardcore fest to actually happen in the states yeah absolutely yeah and it was awesome have you been yet have you been to the fest no dude i tried to go last year like i i i tried the the two times that tickets went on sale and sold out instantly and i, I just wasn't able to get a ticket and then the the time i, I had a friend i'm um, shout out mara she was able to get me a ticket but it was just so last minute that i couldn't get time off of work and I, I was just so bummed, but I, I, I still want to go because uh, just seeing it because my buddy, I'm um, shout out Steven from one and seven media. He, you know, he's filmed it the last right. couple of years. And like, I just look forward to those videos so much because um, he, he does a re- really great job. Obviously that the quality is great, but it's just seeing the fest and just seeing so many people having fun and the bands performing well. I'm like, damn, that's somewhere I want to be. Right. I mean, like I was telling like, uh, you know, so at the time, like right before the fest last year, I was living in, uh, I was living in California. And so I was hanging out with, uh, some of the friends I had made in that band hands of God. And I was telling them, I was like, your set at the fest will be the best set you've ever played. And they're like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. And I was like, mark my words. It's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be crazy. And they're like, all right, I guess we'll see. And then I remember watching them like, like from the side, like side of the stage, watching them play and just watching kids just lose their minds. Like lose, like literally it was, it was easily the most like exciting and like violent set of the weekend and maybe in the history of the fest, like it was that good. And I remember going up to them afterwards and I was like, what I tell you? And they were like, yeah, okay. Like you were not lying. Like that was insane. Uh, so, and, and so everyone that always comes through is always like hesitant. Like, I don't know, like, it'll be weird. Like it'll, it, 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 I'm sure it'd be cool, but I don't know what to expect. And it almost always exceeds their expectations. And I feel like, last year was the most successful year so far especially in terms of just like 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 scale mm-hmm. like looking out those videos and seeing how many people are there and like how many people are like losing their shit like all the like the drain videos crazy like the magnitude videos crazy the one step closer videos crazy like like all these bands had these like next level reactions and so i think it's i think last year was kind of like sealed it for a lot of bands to be like oh we i want to play that i want to go to that fest yeah i, I feel like it, it's become like i because i i looked at it before as like a regional fest right but i feel like in the right. past couple of years it's kind of become like you know one of those bigger fests that i you know that where a lot of bands actually travel to and actually play and it's not just a midwest thing right yeah it's like getting up there with like you know your sound of furies your united bloods your fyas mm-hmm. your, this is a hard course maybe not as big you know, maybe not as many big bands, but it will get there if it keeps going. And like, you know, it definitely, I think, has the attention of a lot of bands that are like, I want to play that. It looks fun. 
Because yeah. they're like, they haven't done anything like that. They're so used to playing these other more well-established fests, which are great also. Like, shout out to all those other fests because they're super fun too. But to like have like a new part of the country to be like, let's see how we do there. You know, like, yeah. I think that's like another like cool test, you know? 100%. And also, it also gives more opportunity to other bands as well because not every band plays every fest, you know? Sure. Yeah. So it sheds a lot of light on like some of the more like local bands. Like every band I've ever been in has not like toured. Like I've never, I've never done any like long tours. Like I've pretty much always played either in Louisville or like surrounding cities. Mm-hmm. So like uh, I sing in, I sing in a band called Heartstopper and we played the fest last year. So I had to fly in, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to the fest anyway, but I had to play it too. And so like, you know, just seeing like other, seeing like these smaller bands like in louisville and stuff be put especially you know shout out 197 for you know coming out and filming and like putting up these fests on this or these sets on this page where like people are going to maybe be going to see the knock loose set or the drain set and then they see like you know some younger smaller more regional band and they go oh that's pretty cool too yeah no and it, it's which is it, awesome it, it is awesome because um it's it, it's so weird how people stumble across um just anything these days because because of, of the internet because things pop up at so many random times that you could be on someone's uh twitter feed or you know recommended video on youtube so yeah people um you know, can come across your stuff in any which way so it's cool just to have the content out there yeah 100 percent. yeah it's it's fantastic it's it's way different than it was like when i was like first getting in hardcore like mm-hmm. i said there wasn't like there wasn't Bandcamp. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't streaming. Like it was, you know, maybe if there was streaming, if they had, you know, something on like uh, Pure Volume or like mm-hmm. MySpace. Dude, you know? my, so, MySpace was was it for me because it, it made it so easy. Because because I had the 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 sense to look at bands' top eights. I'm like, okay, there's, you know, those are those have to be like homies or other bands that they're affiliated with. So let me just kind of skip around and see what I actually like. So that's how I, I discovered so many bands in the early days. Right, and then like you know, just becoming friends, finding other hardcore kids from like other cities, and like just friending them and seeing what they're listening to what's on their what's their song on their page or like Mm -hmm. you know whatever like that's such a cool way to find out about things like it's so i i like almost it's weird it's like a double-edged sword like i envy younger kids for being able to just like listen to and find anything they want now they can like look up anything the history of a band uh you know old interviews like it's all at the touch of their fingertips and like I feel like when I was younger, it was like, you had to do a little bit more digging, you know, S- search, skimming through blogs and stuff, trying to find like media fire files of, uh, you know, different like demos or compilations that you never heard and trying to find maybe someone uploaded like an old zine. So you were able to read like an interview from like, you know, some like, like an agnostic front interview from like, you know, 86 or some shit like, like, it was way more fun because you like it was like collecting things like mm-hmm. you were like collecting bits of information whereas now you can just like kind of go to google and type in like you know fucking like leeway interview and <laughs> you can find anything yeah and yeah because and people will like re-upload uh, you know a ton of old crap but but also it, it, it's cool too because like um i i like that in like you know different scenes there's like you know people who actually care about the history and they're trying to like curate it and put it out there for people right for sure yeah no knocks to them like i said i envy the how easy it is mm-hmm. but i will say it was fun just like scouring just like 
like just that hunger to like try to find and like you know meeting up with other people that might have you know like trading five like oh kids don't do that now like no one's sending like oh i'll send you this demo or like you know whatever like i'll upload it to you and send it to you and like or whatever like that doesn't happen it's just there it's on youtube already someone else has already done that yeah like how, people are just like right how, how have you not heard it at this point you know yeah exactly yeah no it's uh, uh i guess it's uh, you know obviously with uh, the advancement of technology it makes those things way easier but yeah it, it was sure. a, a pretty interesting time even like before i even had a cell phone dude i would like you know be like huh i wonder if my friend's gonna go to the show tonight and you know it, it'd be like that much more sweet to actually see them and not knowing if they're going to be there or not because like we had no line of communication yeah absolutely yeah 100 percent. no i totally get that like like it, everything just seems so much more off the cuff from that it just never would happen now it would never happen yeah i'm not even sure what uh you know obviously i i try to fantasize what shows are going to be like when they come back or you know they're already back whatever when i actually go and it's like more safe <laughs> um uh but I, I yeah it, it, it should be a good time uh, I, i'm just looking forward to whenever we get to that point where uh, things are you know rolling consistently and it's not some like it doesn't have to be a secret and people don't have to feel unsafe f- to to get sick sure i mean it's gonna be, it, there's no way it's not gonna be awesome you know what I mean? Like, it's going to, it'll be fantastic. I think like it, it'll, it's like ripping a bandaid off, right? It's going to suck at first. It's going to seem really weird and uncomfortable mm-hmm. and like, almost like, should we be doing this? Like, are we ready? But once you do it a few times and realize that, you know, things are okay. Or even if you're just like, I need this, I need this more than I'm worried about what could happen. I think you know, that's the point we'll all get to, I think. But it's gonna be fun. That's like I see local shows happening like soon, like 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 indoors even like local shows happening like that are being announced. It's touring that I'm like, when is that coming back? Because it seems like a lot of bands are now starting to announce tours for like this fall even, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like, is that too soon for like a tour? Like I get like playing a show in your hometown or like whatever, but like touring coming back that quickly. I mean, I get, I get why they're pushing it. You know, a lot of people's livelihoods depend on it, Uh, but I'm wondering if, 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 if we will be as ready as we think we're going to be at that point. I saw uh, your, your friends knock loose, um, announce that tour. Yeah. Yeah. The Gojira tour. And I, I, and I'm trying to think there hasn't really been another like hardcore band that's announced like a, like a tour like that, uh, since this whole thing went down. Right. I mean, like I saw like the other day, like I don't, I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with their music, but that Beartooth band, they announced okay. a tour. So they're doing a tour like this, like, like September, I think. Oh, really? So I saw, so like that's going on. Who are so, they like, touring with? I think some of those, oh, shit, I honestly don't remember. Okay. I like, I think I saw it on YouTube <laughs> of all places. That's where I saw <laughs> a, the announcement. Tour it was on, was on YouTube. Um, uh, it was like on my feed. Real quick, if anybody out there knows the bass player to Beartooth, I need to speak with him. So put me in contact. Yeah, hit up Jamie. Uh, but th- that's crazy. YouTube ad for a tour. Yeah. And, you know, I, I looked at the the routing and I was like, OK, there's only one date in California, which I'm like, OK, I get it. It's probably not even smart to even want to come here at this point because our state's just so weird right now. <laughs> Cause it yeah, is California cause it, is. Yeah. Cause it is weird to me if a tour, you know, tours across the entire country, but when they skip Southern California, I'm like, okay, there's something going on. That's kind of weird. 
Right, because that's like you would you would think the only reason they would skip Southern California is if they weren't coming to California at all. Mm-hmm. True, but but yeah, but that tour but is hitting. Hit. I, I'm, I'm okay, and I, I just looked at the dates. I'm not sure if that's just one of those like uh, if that date in Sacramento is um, like a, a festival stop or if that's like the full tour. Um, so uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I know that um, w- one of those bands is at least playing Sacramento. I'm pretty positive that. It's a, I would assume it's a festival because I know Sacramento has a lot of those bigger festivals that like they, like we were actually going to, like there was like some festival planned in Sacramento for like during, like before the pandemic hit mm-hmm. that I was going to go see because Noct was playing it. Um, cause I, I don't even remember the name of it. It was like some big festival out there. So I would, I wonder if like it's that same festival that's like planning a comeback okay. in this in the fall. All right. Well, uh, I haven't really, you know, we've been talking for like an hour, but I, I haven't really got to ask you about your bands. You mentioned um, Heartstopper briefly. Uh, what's going on with that band? You guys um, doing anything or are you guys just kind of on pause right now? Yeah. So uh, like Heartstopper was a band that we all, we, we essentially started hot Heartstopper uh, off the, off. We were just coming off a band that myself and Isaac from Not Loose used to do called Nine Eyes. And we, we did that band for like four or five years. And when we decided to call it quits, we all were like, we still want to play music together, but we want to just kind of do something different. And at mm-hmm. the time, Brian, Brian who sings in Not Loose was like, I really want to play bass in like a hardcore band, like a straight up like hardcore band. Mm-hmm. And we were like, all right, let's do it. So we just like tried to write something that was like, like we were just like, you know, for me, like my favorite era of like, like hardcore is like the mid two thousands, like early to mid two thousands. Like that's my sweet spot. Like if I had to pick like a favorite, it would be that. And so we just tried to write something that was like kind of reminiscent of like, I think like early terror, like uh, that band cast aside from like Richmond as well as like some other like, influence as well and so we just wanted something that was like super fast but like really like hard and aggressive and so we did that we like wrote a demo and the first show we played was knocked loose's uh like blue weekend they did it was like their first home show uh kind of celebrating the the a different shade of blue when it Mm -hmm. came out and so we like played like our first show in front of like a a filled venue with like 700 people and uh like no one knew who we were except for like a select group of our friends they're all just like moshing and like stage diving losing their minds and that was awesome and to this day we've only played two shows we played that and then we played uh ldb last year Uh and both sets were super fun and really awesome uh and so yeah we're definitely like still a thing brian lives in california he actually lives in la so uh him doing it i mean we'll do it as much as he wants or as much as he's able to um this guy jonah who plays in a band called wrist Meat razor he played guitar in it and he was living in louisville for a while but he is back on the east coast i believe um and so again it's really just kind of whoever we're at the point now of like whoever wants to be in it can do it and we're, we we definitely we're writing some new material um that that'll be coming out by the end of the year i would say okay uh so yeah still no kind of no real rush on it uh we're just kind of 
playing it by ear, but definitely ha- have every intention to write new music and, and put that out before the end of the year for sure. Okay. Hell yeah. That's cool. Cause I haven't really heard anything. So I was curious. And since you mentioned them, all right, cool. I, I guess it's okay to ask about it, but that's good news. Um, and you obviously play in a band, uh, two witnesses. I'm curious how that band came together. Sure. So last summer, well, spring. So like, like beginning of the pandemic, like every, I see like a bunch of my friends, like doing these like pandemic projects where they were like, I'm just going to write like a shitty demo and like put it out for like quarantine, you know, like whatever. And it'd just be like a thing. And so I was like, oh, I want to do that. I'm bored. Like I'm bored as shit. I'm like trapped in my house. I have nothing to do. So I was like, oh, I'll just like put some together. And so pretty much all, of, all three songs on the demo I wrote last year. I wrote last year at the beginning of the pandemic. I had sent it to a couple friends being like, hey, you want to like sing on this? And them being like, this is like pretty good. Like, I don't think that this should be like a joke. Like this should be like a real thing. And I was like, okay, like sure. And then just kind of honestly just kind of tucked those songs to the back and was like, all right, whatever. So it wasn't until I want to say like maybe October uh, the, when we, when my wife and I were planning our move back to Louisville that I was like, I wrote those songs. I forgot about them. I bet my friend Mo would sound really cool if he sang all these like and he could maybe like we could like maybe do this as a real thing and so he was like i hit him up i was like yo would you have any interest in doing this he and i had played bands together we used to be in a band together called damaged goods um and he sings for a band now called wicked garden from louisville um who's really really awesome like it's they're like like kind of melodic uh kind of have that like like a little bit of like a grunge influence, but like, it's, it's, it's really cool. If you haven't listened to it, you should give him a spin. Um, shout out Wicked Garden. Uh, but anyways, I was like, he would have such a cool voice on this. And like, I was trying to write like in the style of like, I love like a lot of like Connecticut bands. So like a hundred demons and like death threat, uh, like to come to mind and like, obviously hate breed, um, as well as like, you know, some like classic New York shit, like, like Marauder and stuff. And I was just trying to do like a band kind of in that vein. And I was like, oh, man, my friend Mo would sound really cool. Like, I bet he could sing, like, about, you know, some, like, really dark shit and, like, have it cool and, like, have it sound awesome. And so I, like, hit him up about the idea. He's like, yeah, sure, send me the songs. And I send them to him. And he was like, this is awesome. Like, I definitely want to do this. And he started writing lyrics right away. So we moved back home and we're just kind of, like, you know, getting settled. And, like, the pandemic's really bad at that point. Like, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, like, mm-hmm. cases are skyrocketing. Last thing I'm thinking about is, like, music or, like, playing shows or anything like that. I'm just trying to survive. And uh, eventually I'm like, yo, let's, like, do this. Like, it was, like, you know, maybe it was, like, sometime in March. I was like, yo, let's do this. Like, uh, hit up Isaac, uh, who I had talked to about playing in the band, and he was down so i was like uh hit up isaac and let's get you at his house so you can do vocals and he was like okay so he did vocals and uh i went back and i like re-recorded all the instruments because like everything i i had gotten some like new equipment to make things sound better basically like whatever and so finally we hit this point where i was like all right let's go like let's just drop it and uh i had four songs written one of them i'm saving for like a, a potential comp compilation idea that might be happening coming out of louisville soon so everyone should uh keep their eyes open for that uh but i was like we'll just take these three songs and just drop them and so that was what i did uh i hit up 
um, Xavier from Delaware. He plays in the band Simulacra and mm-hmm. did the art for it. So shout out Xavier and shout out Simulacra. Uh, he did a great job as always. He's done designs for my bands in the past and he's always awesome to work with. So, um, so yeah, so I dropped the demo and like, honestly, the response was crazy. Like I did not expect people to like it as much as they did. Um, you know, people liked Heartstopper. People liked my old band uh, called Nine Eyes, but for the most part, you no. Know, outside of like my friend group or maybe like surrounding areas, no one really gives a shit. So this is the first time where like I was getting like some pretty decent feedback on like the music that I made and this everything on the demo like I wrote and recorded and did everything. So like I even like mixed and mastered it and like it's. I'm not saying it sounds great, but like I was just pretty proud of it. So it's been exciting. It's been really awesome. Yeah, and I saw when it came out, like it just being posted everywhere, and I was just like, "All right, let me let me take some time to check it out because so many you know, you know demos and EPs get posted all the time, and I, and I don't have the time for everything. I try, Same. you know, I, right. I I try my best to to remember to you know take the time to go check it out, but I'm you know it was just that day for some weird reason. I'm like, all right, cool, like let me check this out. Uh, two witnesses, uh, you know, so many people are posing it. Uh, let me tap in and i remember i i listened to the demo i'm like okay this is crazy as soon as like that double bass kicks in and um countdown i was like this is crazy so um and and i just like i said i, I reached out to multiple people to be like yo like i need somebody from the band on the podcast and uh, i'm just like so stoked on that and and if anybody listening to this by this point hasn't listened to two witnesses definitely go check out the demo it's super sick um so you mentioned that you had four songs one song might be on a comp thing coming together but um is there any new music that you're working on to come out potentially in the future or are you guys uh, just kind of chilling at yeah. this point no so yeah i'm definitely like pushing like two witnesses is like turned into my main focus mm-hmm. um hard stopper is still very much on the table but you know two witnesses is just so fun and i'm having such a good time like writing the songs that uh yeah i i have already actually started writing for our next uh for our next uh release we're going to be doing a split with a band, I'm not going to share too many details right now, but we're going to record with them. Like, like they're us and the other band we're doing it with are going to record uh, sometime this summer, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be putting it out later this year. Hell yeah, that's super sick. Oh, and oh, I wanted to um, uh, talk to you briefly about uh, constraint because that, that was like the main reason why I had uh, uh, Tyler on, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago because I just wanted to talk about that band and see. If there's anything going on and he gave you a lot of praise because um, you were in that band at one point yeah so constraint was cool so tyler and i like i said i think i mentioned towards the beginning of our conversation that tyler and i have been friends for a very long time mm-hmm. so when i first when i first moved to louisville uh like the first real band i was ever in was this band called another mistake uh that he sang in and i played drums and it was very like like we just wanted to sound like count me out and like carry on and bands like that uh so we that was like kind of our first foray in a band together and so after another mistake um because i left another mistake about a year in and they were a band for like six years and so after that i think it was around i think he even talked about this in his episode because i did listen to it he was talking about like the timeline and i think at that time inclination was like an idea like it was a thing that was going to happen but it wasn't like solidified yet like it wasn't like i think isaac had already had the like music for the demo but like tyler wasn't like writing for it or like lyrically singing but we all knew it was happening and uh at that same time i was like 
Tim, I want to do it. I want to be in a band with Tyler again. Like, I haven't been in a band with Tyler in a long time. And, uh, you know, I think it'd be really cool to do something just kind of like, I don't even know. Like, uh, I think you mentioned, like, it's true. Like, I wrote a good amount of the demo. Um, I wrote it with this kid, Steve, who plays in Constraint as well. He also plays in that band, Wicked Garden. Shout out, Wicked Garden. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to write like hardcore. Like, I didn't really, I was like, I like all these different types of hardcore. Like, let me just kind of throw it all together in a blender and see what happens. And, so i like wrote the demo and like we like just kind of would practice uh at this house i at the time was living with this guy uh ryan story who uh puts on ldb with his girlfriend alex um they've both been doing that for so long and uh ryan eventually ryan's in constraint now ryan is in constraint he joined constraint right before i left so i played a few shows with him um and uh, yeah, Constraint, great band. Uh, loved, loved the last uh, EP they did. I'm super excited to hear what they do now. Uh, I will vouch for what Tyler said. It, it is true. I did say, I was like, y'all are way better now. I'm a pretty okay drummer. I'm not a bad drummer. I am a real drummer. He said I wasn't a real drummer. I texted him and I was like, not a real drummer? What does that even mean? Like, what does that mean, dude? Like, come on. Uh, I was like, you can say I'm shitty, but don't say I'm not real. Like that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, like he said, like I've just always, unfortunately, like never had the opportunity to like really be in a place with a drum set for like an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm around them, I get pretty good, but like I, that opportunity isn't always there for me. And uh, so that's why I'm so excited to like buy a house and like hopefully get a basement so i can just have drum set for the rest of my life and it'll be fantastic and then i'll get really good and then i'll show him that i'm a real drummer and he won't be able to say that shit anymore yeah he'll have to take back what uh, he said exactly so yeah but yeah constraints awesome and super overlooked uh like uh at least they were for a while uh and so it's really cool to see them getting like some hype and like like the video from like their set at the fest is like has like a solid amount of views and shit and like it's, it's awesome yeah hell yeah and uh talking to tyler i did, did i can't remember did he mention that you had something to do with that band love and trust mm-hmm. are they still active oh. or so i believe so so love and trust came from so there's a band of like older guys in the louisville area called miracle drug and mm-hmm. they're all awesome and honestly they're all like pretty legendary like in their own like i won't gas them up too much but like um matt who plays guitar miracle drug was in this band from louisville called um uh automatic and they were like kind of big but he'd probably be more well known for him he was in uh mouthpiece mm-hmm. original member of mouthpiece so there's him and then this guy tommy who plays drums in miracle drug uh he was in by the grace of god they were like a older victory band from louisville and uh he's been in different bands throughout the years here in louisville as well and you know i had talked to, to matt about like yo like do you want to sing in a band again he was like yeah but i want to do like some like like think like early rev type shit like inside out or like you know something like that and i was like all right let's go so we started practicing together we started jamming together and tommy was with us and yeah it just kind of ended up becoming a thing and it was it was that that was a really fun band to be in and unfortunately like when we moved away i was like i think obviously i can't do this anymore mm-hmm. um but uh jeremy who plays bass in miracle drug who's also in super touch uh plays guitar in in love and trust now which is awesome 
and uh, I'm excited to hear the next shit that they put out. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I had hit up the band uh, a couple of years ago to, to get somebody on the podcast because I uh, thought that they were super sick. And we had something scheduled, but then there was like a uh, like an uh, it, there's like an issue with scheduling. It was um I, I, right. I, somebody's uh, daughter's birthday, if I remember correctly. Um, and then we just never uh, you know we just never rescheduled anything. But I, I just uh, you know thought, and I still think that band's sick. So uh, shout out to Love and Trust. But that's that's cool that you were a part of that because yeah, because like I'm telling you, like I asked some, uh, that band like years ago to get somebody on the podcast. Yeah, see, if you had asked me, I would have been there. I don't have a, I don't have no daughters. There's been no birthday parties. We've been fine. Okay. No, it's yeah. Those those guys are those guys are awesome. And like I said, I'm sure they like like I'm sure they probably had every intention of making it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I'm not in their band anymore. I can't tell you why they weren't there. But it's okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm just, you know maybe when the next release comes out, I'll I'll reach out again. Be like, hey, let's let's get this going and let's make it happen this time. Yeah, exactly. And I'll let them know. I'll be like, don't disappoint my my guy Jamie. <laughs> all right, don't let him down. It's okay. But damn. Okay, so. Uh, I'm curious about your time in California. Obviously, um, we, we briefly talked about Disney, Disneyland early on, but when you were living in California, did you have a chance to get down to Southern California and go to the parks? Oh, no. Uh, unfortunately, that was always in the plans. We were actually planning on going and like, with a couple of friends that we had made out there mm-hmm. uh, and then the pandemic hit. But uh, uh, my wife and I love Disney. We love going to the parks. Uh, I had never been growing up, like growing up in the Midwest. Like I didn't really go to theme parks or anything like that like my family certainly wasn't taking us because it was just so expensive and like we yeah. didn't have money and uh yeah so i was it wasn't until i started dating my wife about three months in we went to go see her family and we went to disneyland for a day and uh it was awesome i had a blast i had the, the best time i was kind of glad i didn't ever go as a kid because i don't know i would have enjoyed it as much as i did as an adult like honestly so it was super awesome. And then right after that, she was like, for my birthday, the next year, she took me to Disney World. Oh, wow. That's awesome. so that was my, so that was, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, we did our honeymoon in Disney World. We've been to, you know, back to Disneyland several times. And uh, yeah, I just love it. I love it. I do prefer Disneyland. Disney World kind of sucks. Honestly, if we could just take Epcot, if we could just move Epcot up out of Florida, okay. move it to, to California. That's perfect. We don't need anything else. Uh, you know, I, I'm not mad at that idea because I'm being honest. Like, I go to uh, well, I've been going to Disney World every year since 2016. So I, I went for the first time in 2016 um, with some friends um, from uh, Washington. Shout out uh, Chad and Emily, and um, and then you know just uh, I, I did that trip. But then I, I made some friends on the East Coast who uh, do like an annual trip, and they're like, "Yo, like uh, you seem like a nice guy. You should join our group. We do this every year." So I'm like, "All right, cool. Like that sounds fine to me." So I, I've been going with them every year, and, and it's nice. Uh, and we're all like, you know, veterans of the park. We've gone so many times, so we don't get like, you know, like we don't have to like do everything every time we go because like we've done everything at, at this point. Right. Um. And like for me, I'm like a sucker for uh, Magic Kingdom just because it's just like Disneyland. So like that, that's what. I feel comfortable with um but you know hollywood studios i'm just kind of like this is this is reminds me of california and i flew across the country to kind of get away from california so, so this isn't like my favorite place to or my favorite park to be in right now uh granted it's cool to see uh tower of terror uh but other than that i'm kind of like whatever about that park and animal kingdom is just way too hot 
they have like a couple good rides i'm just like eh, that's okay like not, like that's fine like I, I can do without it but then like epcot cool. epcot super awesome because um when we go um in like the fall like during like halloween time it's like food and wine so they got that going on sure. and that's uh you know where uh they have like some of the cooler attractions and even like i'm um, you know coming up there's going to be like that original guardians coaster that they're building ratatouille is going to be there so it's like yeah like epcot's such an awesome park right yeah i love Epcot. it's fantastic and i totally agree with you like animal kingdom is cool like it's not awful uh it is my least favorite of all the disney parks probably mm-hmm. at least that i've been to uh it seems to have the most children at all times uh and outside of expedition everest i don't really need to go on any of the rides like you've done the safari once you've done it a million times true uh dinosaur is a pretty outdated and not it's like a less fun indiana jones mm-hmm. and so outside of expedition everest i don't really need to go the food's fine the the park is fine i guess and i like hollywood studios i probably like it a little bit more now especially that you know the og tower of terror at disneyland is gone mm-hmm. you know so like like it's the only place you can ride tower of terror now so like obviously that has some merit now um but like you know the aerosmith coaster is fun it would be a lot cooler if it weren't based around aerosmith obviously <laughs> but uh you know it, there's i don't hate hollywood or, uh hollywood studios uh magic kingdom is fantastic you know the mind train is really cool if you can you know get on there without having to wait you know two hours or 90 minutes to ride it you know that kind of thing uh definitely a cool a cool place but overall just disneyland just has such a better vibe like it's just so much easier to get around there's less walking there's less like you can easily do you can easily do california adventure in in disneyland in a day like no problem yeah that's very true like i've done it many times but like getting between like if you have a park hopper pass at disney world it is a pain to get back and forth between different places because their transportation between the parks isn't efficient like yeah they have the buses and like the sky box things now but it's just like it, it takes some time to get between the parks because they're so spread out they're so spread like i didn't realize it until i got there the first time just how massive it is mm-hmm. it is huge but I, i'm curious uh, since you love disneyland so much why'd you choose disney world for your honeymoon and not disneyland well this is a very good question. At the, it, I will say I prefer. I would say that that was actually kind of the ter- just the determining factor. It wasn't until after our honeymoon where I was like, "Yeah, okay, Disneyland is better." So when we went for our honeymoon, we opted to not do park hopper. We just did single day passes for each park. We did two days at Magic Kingdom and then a day at each of the other parks. Okay. And I remember like. The Animal Kingdom day, we got like burnt out pretty quick. We were like, all right, like we've been here for like five hours. Like there's not much else to do or that we want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it rained that day too. So we were like, fuck it, let's go to Disney Springs. Like, you know, just like chill out and get some food and like maybe do some shopping or like whatever. And I felt like there was a lot of times like at the other parks where we, we would do the same thing. Like we rarely stayed the entire day because we would get burnt out from either all the walking or just like running out of things to do. Really, It was really just the Animal Kingdom and the Hollywood Studios day. Epcot was awesome and super fun spending the whole day there because um, that was up to that point. That was the park I spent the least amount of time in. Mm-hmm. 
and like you said magic kingdom is just so fun and there's so much to do like even if you are like tired or just want to chill out like you've got the people mover you've got you know like it's the small world is like the best like get me out of the sun for like 15 minutes kind of ride you know if, if you can get in it's a small world in like 10 minutes if there's like a 10 minute wait just get on it because you yeah. get some ac you get some shade it's great yeah, so you get to sit down yeah you get to like re-energize exactly okay damn so it wasn't until after that trip where i was like okay disneyland is superior um you know so i would love to go to like tokyo disney or uh you know shanghai disney or even paris disney and someday i'll you know do those but for now i just i'm excited i want to go back to disneyland so bad i miss it yeah the international parks is definitely um on my bucket list uh, of things that i want to do before i die like i was supposed to go to japan last year like me and a buddy uh, we had this whole trip like booked out, but then COVID hit and it was just not a possibility. And it was such a bummer because we were so serious about it. And like, we had so many things planned out like in Japan, like outside of just Disney. Uh, but then when like COVID hit and we had to, you know, kind of came to the realization, we're like, damn, like we're going to have to cancel our trip. And, and, you know, obviously like I'm um, him and I, like we, we live our own lives and we are just kind of like, damn, like we don't know if like we're going to be able to like like you know get in sync with like our vac- vacation time again and make this work so we're just kind of like damn like we kind of like we're so bummed that we had to cancel it and yeah like even at this point like uh i mean he's actually uh works at disney and he actually just started going back to work um at the parks uh you know earlier this week and oh, wow. it, yeah and, and even for me i'm just kind of like uh you know i'm, I'm like I, I would love to go to uh to japan again but it's like you know this year like you know things changed and I wasn't sure if that was going to be an option again. So like I have to like pre-plan my vacations like a year in advance because of my job. So I already have some things planned. Um, like obviously I'm, I'm going back to Disney World in October, but then I have like a thing in um, uh, Pennsylvania, like, you know, uh, October as well. Um, that I can't really speak about. But uh, but other than that, it's like, yeah, like Japan's not in, in the plans this year. So maybe next year, um, who knows if we can even travel international like without a problem. So, right. Uh, yeah, so it's something that, that, that I, I definitely want to do. And, and even me being here, like uh, you know, Disneyland just opened, which is cool. Um, but like with like the, the reservations and everything, like I'm not like my date for Disneyland isn't until um, June 20th. So it's like a, like over like a month from now. So I'm just like, all right, like, like I'm uh, stoked that it's open and I'm happy that, you know, my friends are able to go back to work. Uh, but it's like I'm not going to be there for like, like, you know, like another month. So I'm not even that excited right now. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get back into the park? First thing I'm going to, damn. Well, and it, the first thing I'm going to do is what I always do when I go to Disneyland um, is I walk down Main Street and uh, I think he'll be okay with me saying this. My, my buddy, um, he's the manager of the Magic Shop. So if, um, you know, people who used to see all my Disneyland content, it was always just me and the Magic Shop. So the first thing I'm going to do is literally walk down Main Street. The Magic Shop's right there on the right. I'm going to go in there um and see my buddy work and just kind of i know him and i are gonna like uh uh, just laugh because we're like dude like it's been so long since since we've done this so that's what i'm looking forward to is just going in there and just being like holy shit it's been and like him and i we we talk every day so it's not like we haven't been in communication but it's just gonna be funny to be in that setting that we haven't been in for like you know so long that we used to do like so often sure yeah that's gonna be awesome what's the what's the first ride what's the first ride you want to do uh first honestly first ride that i want to do and um I know the people I'm going with aren't going to be too into it, but I, I want to do Splash Mountain just because it's kind of on a clock because they're they're um, you know they're reskinning it because obviously um, you know the origins of it controversial. So they're it's very 
yeah so there i'm uh there's plans to reskin it uh, to princess and the frog which is cool but i just want to kind of get that out of the way and just be like all right cool and make my piece but all right cool got on it one last time next time i get on this it'll probably be different you know right yeah for sure yeah yeah totally so it's, it's not that i love the ride but just just for history's sake because uh uh being uh you know uh, such a fan of disney and going to disneyland so often you kind of realize that um things that you thought were sacred aren't and anything can change it at any moment so just kind of gotta oh, for sure yeah so you just gotta appreciate these attractions these lands um as much as you can in real time because um you know before you know it disney's gonna have other plans and um, things can change yeah yeah no 100 i totally get that i totally get that yeah, Splash Mountain's like fun. It's a it's a fun ride, uh, but yeah, it's not it's not something that I'm like rushing to do. But I get why you want to get like a, 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 at least another one in of how it is in its current state before it switches for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm just curious. Uh, when was the last time you were at uh, Disney World or Disneyland? Last time I was at Disney World was March of two thousand nineteen. Okay. So and th- so that was the last time I was at Disney World. I haven't been to Disneyland since 2018, I think. Okay. Yeah. So that's um, you know, fairly recent. Not not too long ago. Yeah. Um, no. Not too too long. You know, like I said, we really wanted to make it happen last summer, just because mm-hmm. we were like, you know, it's a quick drive. We'll go with some friends. We'll make it a thing. And then you know, we, it was our plan for the summer, and then COVID, so we couldn't do it. And uh, outside of the parks, do you watch the movies, or do you have Disney Plus or anything? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, as far as like, you know, love like the Disney classics, big fan of Pixar, uh, you know, growing up a huge star Wars fan Okay. uh, in my adult years, I don't love star Wars as much. My current obsession is with the MCU. Ooh, nice. Nice. I appreciate that. Um, hold on. I got to show you this thing real quick. Show. Yeah. Okay. Um, people listening, I'm showing uh, Jim this, uh, Hold on. Let me try my virtual background. Um, my my background's a mess, so don't judge me. Um, yeah, no worries. But there's this limited edition, like Avengers Campus pin that my buddy got me. Oh, so, that's fantastic. Yeah, so a very stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. Very stoked on that. But yeah, I I think the, the MCU is awesome. Did you get a chance to watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes, 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 I did. I watched every episode on every Friday. Uh, we would do actually, we would do a group watch with Natalie, and uh, that was kind of our thing. Oh, that's um, awesome. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I, because I, I loved WandaVision. I, I loved everything about WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is so good. I don't know how they're going to outdo this. And then I think they did. I think they did outdo it with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I went in with like, like I was excited about it. I wasn't like, oh, this will be life changing. Like I liked Bucky. I like Sam. I think mm-hmm. they're good characters. But you didn't know a lot about them going into it. Like they never really had the spotlight shown on them. So for them to get their own series to really like flush out their characters a little bit more was just so good. I mean, like it wasn't a perfect show. Not nothing's perfect. You can tear apart everything if yeah. you really want to. Like the flag smashers were kind of underwhelming as like an antagonist, but uh like other than that like the themes that they were touching on i'm surprised that disney was willing to touch those at all you know going so deep on like mental health and like racism not just in america but like in the mcu and like post blip like i just thought it was pretty i thought it was brilliant yeah and it seems like they're um 
you know, they have this trend now where it's like, okay, they set the bar with uh, WandaVision and then they just raised it with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And you're like, holy shit, like they got to keep that up. And they got so many awesome shows lined up and movies as well. Uh, but I- I'm just For so sure. happy that they they're showing that um, they can be super successful and not have to rely on those A-list actors that came before. Like, you know, obviously like I'm a huge Iron Man fan, my favorite superhero, but um, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah. Yes. So like, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, like those actors, even though they're gone now, um, Disney showing that, okay, cool. Like they're gone. We miss them, but here we still have these people and this is what we're going to do with them. And they're putting out such a great product and people are so into it. It's like, all right, cool. Like, like a lot of these people are going to have like these awesome careers, you know, after those stars have passed. So they're going to now kind of be put in the position that these are the new stars and it's, you know, working out pretty well. Right. I mean, no, for sure. I mean, and that's, I mean, Marvel's already had to do that anyway, because it's, it's weird to think, but like when the first Iron Man came out, like no one gave a shit about Iron Man. No one knew who he was unless you were like a comic book fan or like somewhat aware, like your average person wasn't familiar with like Iron Man or Thor Mm -hmm. or anything like that, you know, because of all the rights they sold in the nineties and the two thousands, you know, they had to go, all right, who do we have left? (laughs) Who can we make a movie about still? And so, you know, the fact that they were able to take these characters, like, I mean, like, no one knew who the guardians of the galaxy were before the movie came out. Like literally not a single soul. And now they're like household names. You know what I mean? So if they did it before they can do it again. And that's what they're going to continue to do. Cause like the most, the, the, the Marvel content that that's coming that I'm so excited about is the stuff that I don't know much about. Like, cause I don't, I'm not a comic book reader. Okay. I, I, I read comics when I was like younger, but I never kept up with it. And I'm certainly not in touch with it now. So stuff like the eternals like i don't really know a lot about it and that's exciting to me like you know ms marvel i know nothing about ms marvel but i'm excited to learn more uh you know things like that uh you know as as excited as i am for like loki to get his own show and to like delve into that character even more like i'm just as excited to learn more about these new characters that haven't been introduced in the movies yet yeah, hundred percent, and and also it's also showing that um, outside of like you know these like staples like you know the Captain Americas, the Iron Mans, they have like such a deep roster of superheroes that they can tap into and turn into like a, a, a you know like a great movie or a great TV show, and uh, you know present it to everybody super well. And I'm stoked on that. Like, and, and even like some of these like off the wall characters that um, they're coming out with, like uh, you know Moon Knight, who's not like the most popular character, but like when, when you like you know look into his background and how like you know he's like mentally like you know crazy and um, how like dark he can get into his own mind. It's, it's like super awesome that they're doing a show like with him and like you know the, the cast seems great and i'm just hoping that they you know kind of like give um this character like you know it's just do and put it out there and uh, do it right and 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 in my opinion um marvel studios has done no wrong with any of their movies or tv shows so i'm just like you know crossing my fingers i'm like okay cool like let's keep this awesome streak going and i'm stoked to see what they do with all these things coming out in the future yeah no absolutely i mean like everything that's coming out is super exciting like and like the fact that we're getting the like the caliber of like actors and actresses whether they're either up and coming and we don't know who they are or you know like like the fact that they're like Mahershala Ali is coming to play Blade is like so cool like that is so sick like 
like i'm so excited to see what they do with this character and how they're gonna like introduce that into the series and and all that shit but uh yeah everything is great i i will disagree and say i I, a vast majority of the mcu is fantastic there are some things that i certainly don't care about or will skip Mm -hmm. you know in my rewatches like i'm not watching thor dark world probably ever again (laughs) okay all right i'm never watching that movie again it's not very good (laughs) it's the weakest of the thor movies i think it's the worst mcu movie is it bad no is it like like atrocious no but i don't need to watch it i I, it does nothing for me i think it's the weakest story the weakest uh villain for sure uh it's just kind of boring it's a very boring movie okay i i definitely don't disagree with you um that um it's not in my top five so i'm for sure yeah which is crazy that they were able to bring them back because thor ragnarok is in my top five it's fantastic yeah, um, that movie was great, and I'm just stoked to see the, the next one. And I'm just like, uh, like, what are they going to do next? Because, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not the biggest Thor fan in general. But watching, sure. like, you know, watching the, the the last one, Thor Ragnarok, I'm like, okay, this is actually you know pretty awesome. Right, because Thor Ragnarok was great because again, like you know, we haven't seen the Hulk by himself since Ed Norton played him. You know, Ed, the Hulk has always played a side character in the Avengers movies, and then we finally get him like in a more, more of a spotlight than before in Thor Ragnarok. And they just had such a good chemistry together. So like, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with love and thunder. I'm really excited about that. Cause I agree with you. Like Thor is a good character, but the Thor movies are not my favorite traditionally. Like the first Thor is okay. The second Thor is bad and Thor Ragnarok is really good. But it's also really good, not just because his character's good in it, but like you get the Hulk, you got Jeff Goldblum, you got like, you know, it's like, it's like you have like this weird, like, you know, Thor got weird. Like before it was very basic and kind of like, I don't know, just like a typical like fantasy style movie. Mm-hmm. And then you get Thor Ragnarok, which is a weird sci fi, like, like there's no humans in it, like aside from like a handful of characters, like like it's awesome. It's like totally just in space and like in these weird planets. I don't know it, the way they did it was so cool. Yeah, and I, I'm stoked that um, th- they're gonna introduce a Jane Foster, um, you know, who, who like was like <laughs> the love interest, and then in the comic books, like eventually becomes Thor, which I think is like what was like a pretty cool storyline. But I, I'm just definitely looking forward to just to seeing just like yeah just like the advancement of the entire universe because there's uh, you know so many cool things that they're doing and also like we already know that there's these crazy things that are going to be coming on the horizon with uh, you know the X-Men and eventually Fantastic Four and that's right. yeah and that's just going to like blow my mind because obviously in my opinion there's never been a good Fantastic Four movie so um, with Marvel Studios backing it and doing it this time hopefully we finally get a proper one and same thing with the X-Men I feel like the majority of the movies are okay um, Days of Future Past in my opinion is the best one but other than that like i'm just not like and i love the x-men like i have an x-men tattoo behind my ear and i I just um like i can't wait till they do something else with it uh, you know especially under the official marvel studios banner and i I just yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that and like i know it's like probably two phases away but um i'm just like dying to get to that point actually i'm pretty sure fantastic force confirmed for phase four i'm almost positive is it at least in that last in that last marvel announcement they just did like couple days ago i'm pretty sure fantastic four is in phase four but just towards the end of it Mm -hmm. 
but yeah x-men is coming i just don't know when but marvel's the studio has been really good at like you know redoing characters i mean we saw it with spider-man Dude, like obviously so like, great this the spider the the sam raimi spider-man movies the first two are good yeah i think objectively for comic book movies they're very good and i know there's like a lot of stands out there that say like spider-man 2 is like the best comic book movie of all time it's very good i don't think that's true but it is good um the amazing spider-man movies the ones with andrew garfield are pretty rough at times uh that's not necessarily andrew garfield's fault but you know again but you know the fact that they were able to bring spider-man into this already well-established universe kind of it was brilliant in my opinion of them to kind of skip the whole origin story yes we don't we don't need to see him get bit by a spider we don't need to see uncle ben die we don't need any of that and just kind of bring him in and give him a little bit of a twist i know a lot of people hate that he's kind of like iron man's like little minion because a lot of people hate iron man i am not one of them Mm -hmm. uh but uh you know, other than that, like it, it ain't, uh, Tom Holland is the perfect Spider-Man. He's the best one we've gotten ever. I firmly believe that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Obviously, the Sam Raimi films, I feel like, were very important for the culture. Because if you think back, sure. um, I, when that movie came out, it, it kind of showed like the potential of what a actual good comic book hero movie could be. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I feel like... The, yeah, because like up to that point, you had like you know you had the uh, the uh, Christopher Reeves like Superman's and like the you know the Tim Burton Batman movies, yeah, then, as well as like you da- know the, the other reboots. There was a Daredevil back in two thousand three. I think. Oh my it was. god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, shit. Uh, yeah, very so, very fun. And and, the, and those uh, were like those were like low quality, and people just kind of like didn't take those serious. But yeah, when like you know when Tobey Maguire came on screen, and you know. Just yeah, that trilogy was just like just so important for the culture. So I'm absolutely uh, yeah. So people got to put respect on that, and um, yeah, I, I was like, like you know, I was sad because I, I was a huge like you know fan of Tobey Maguire being Spider Man, and I, I love Kirsten Dunst is um, Mary Jane, but um, uh, you know, obviously like they did the whole like you know reboot recast and everything, so I was like a little bitter. And then I, I felt like there was like just too many villains in that last uh, you know Amazing Spider Man one, which I'm like, all right, oh dude. Dude, how bad is Electro? How bad is Jamie Foxx's Electro? Dude, it's so bad, but I'm curious to see what he looks like in the upcoming. I know. Yeah. I can't believe they're bringing him back. Like, it's sick. It's yeah. so sick that they're bringing back, like, all the other, you know, movies, you know, like, um, seeing seeing J.K. Simmons at the end of Far From Home. Oh, like, oh shit. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. Fuck. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, so it's really awesome that they're like, you know, the Spider-Verse is real. Like, the multiverse is a real thing, mm-hmm. you know? It's been hinted at already. Um, so I'm excited, too, but, like, yeah. Like, uh, outside of that, like, yeah, I've got nothing but, like, full faith. Like, I was hesitant how things were going to go after Endgame, mm-hmm. and then Far From Home came out, and I was like, what a perfect post-Endgame movie. Like, what a perfect movie to kind of start back. You know, we just went through this like borderline traumatic experience with you know infinity war and endgame just being super exhausting and emotionally and mentally to get this like really fun like like you know spider-man movie that's like really funny and jake gyllenhaal absolutely fucking killing it as mysterio yes and like like what a what a good movie and so ever since then 
I was like, all right, I'm like ready for the post end game world. And then with WandaVision and now Falcon the Winter Soldier, I'm like, all right, you guys are still, you still got it. Like you're, it's not going, it's not getting worse, which is great. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it's just like, um, things are just expanding in the you know Marvel universe. And it's cool to be able to see, um, so many things, uh, you know, come into it. And obviously like, uh, you know, there's so many things on the horizon and just like thinking about the possibilities of the future of this, it, it's just so crazy. And, and I'm, I'm so happy because I'm just like, dude, we didn't have this when we were kids you know, like these awesome Absolutely movies. Not. So the fact that we are, we get to live through this right now and enjoy these films, it's, it's so sick and I'm so stoked on it. Right. I mean, because even by the time we were starting to get good comic book movies, I mean, like, think back to, like, the, the Chris Nolan Batman series. Like, uh-huh. overall, a really great series yeah. in terms of Batman and, and just comic books in general. It took, like, eight years for all three of those movies to come out. Yeah. And, like, now we're getting, like, six good movies, a, like, it, like, four good movies a year and, like, six TV shows. Like, it's insane you know the fact that we only had to go like two weeks between wandavision and falcon and winter soldier and now we just have to go like a couple more weeks and we got loki yeah and then and then we got black widow and then like there's something like almost every month until the end of the year we have new content coming out and that's just so sick yeah and it and honestly the, the fact that they are so like you know into it and put the effort into making these um you know tv shows and movies great is is amazing because like you can tell just like you know all the little easter eggs and just the you know callbacks to the actual comics like they know what they're doing and they're doing it right and they're doing like a great job too of being able to like you know um because not everything translates well from like you know the books to movies but i I find that they're just doing a really great job and they have an amazing team over there working on all these movies and tv shows and like you know doing a really great job yeah no shout out kevin feige he's a he's a literal genius he's a literal genius and he gives a shit he you can tell he reads comics mm-hmm. like a lot and that's awesome but because it, it just it just shows like you said um yeah I, I couldn't be more excited uh are you gonna are you going to see black widow in theaters uh you know i'm even though I went to the movies last year because I'm uh, out here, the, the theaters opened up very briefly for like a couple weeks. So I went and saw Tenant twice. Um, okay. Um, I'm kind of like impartial, like when I think about Black Widow, just because I like I feel like that movie's just kind of been through so much. Like it, it should have been out like a long time ago, right? Obviously, um, COVID screwed yeah, up. To come out. Supposed to come out last May. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, totally screwed up the timeline, and then like it, it was announced it was going to come out. And they're like, no, like we're going to push it back. And, and and then also to me, I'm just like, like there has to be like some like pivotal like post credit like scene uh, for them to you know to keep pushing it back, right? Because it has to like hold some sort of um, weight to what's to come. Because you know the Blackwood right. movie is a prequel, and you know she's. Uh, uh, as far as we know, dead in the current timeline of the um, MCU. So I'm just like, why is it not out yet? Like, what's so important about this movie that's not out yet? And obviously, like, we, yeah, we get to see some new characters. Uh, I'm excited to see Taskmaster, but um, I I, like, I like, and if I'm being, honest, I'm I'm not gonna watch it in theaters because like I, I'm just I wasn't really that interested in it 
when it got announced because I'm just like I don't think her like Black Widow's character in the MCU deserved like her own movie. I feel like there's other characters like Scarlet Witch who obviously she got her own TV show, her, her and um, Vision. But I feel like a Scarlet Witch movie like would have been way cooler than a prequel Black Widow film. I mean, I agree. I, I get what you're coming from. Me, I, I'm definitely going to see it in theaters because I haven't been to a theater. Okay. I haven't been to a theater since 2019. Oh, wow. I haven't been to the movie since 2019. Okay. So, uh, I, it's been long overdue. I'm very, I'm, I'm very ready to go see mm-hmm. a movie. And so, this is the first movie that I remotely give a shit about that'll be in theaters. And so, definitely will be going. I get where you're coming from as far as like saying, like I don't know how a Black Widow movie holds up. But I like her character. I think it was underutilized. I don't think that's necessarily Scarlett Johansson or Black Widow's fault that they never really figured out exactly the best way to utilize her within the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what we get, you know, with her being the star and not like a side character or like, you know, just like the badass woman, like rogue character that she's been portrayed in, like for so many movies mm-hmm. now, like to be able to like, get a little backstory on her see what see what the fuck she's doing after civil war because i know that's when it takes place so like kind of figure out like just what what could possibly have gone on after civil war that we need to go back and revisit yeah well it's coming out soon right uh next no july 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 yeah so yeah just, so. just a couple months away yeah, so I'm excited. Like I said, if anything, I, at this point, I would have any reason to go to the movies would be one. So the 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 fact that it's just a Marvel movie and I just am excited. I mean, I buy. I would. It's either go see it in the movies or pay thirty dollars or whatever it is on Disney Plus to rent it. So mm-hmm. I'll just go see it in the movies. Yeah, because you're going to be spending that much money anyways. Might as well get like an experience out of it. Yeah, let me get some popcorn, let me get a slushy, you know, all that. Dude, yeah, and, uh, popcorn is always so good when you go to the movies. Yeah, absolutely. Popcorn's never as good at home. It's never, <laughs> ever been as good at home. True. I, I don't know what they do in those machines or, uh, you know, in the theaters, <laughs> but they, yeah, they have a special touch, and it, it's crazy. What are your What are your go-to, like, movie snacks? Like, what are you getting? Yeah, okay, so th- there's an AMC out here that, that I go to, and they have these, like, really, uh, it's, it's weird, but they have these really, like, thin and long mozzarella sticks. For you get, okay. you get like I think like eight or twelve for like under ten dollars, and I'm just like, yo, this is this is a steal because you know that stuff's so expensive just to get like like a hot right. dog or um and, and I don't know if it's like uh, they, they serve like 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 actual food like artisan like pizza and like chicken sandwiches and stuff. So like I'll, I'll right. get popcorn occasionally, but when I go, I try to get those mozzarella sticks because because they're so good. I feel that we we have a couple of theaters here that do like a meal type thing mm-hmm. or you know whatever but like i usually almost always like get food before the movie or whatever um but yeah i, I keep it pretty simple i'm like i always get popcorn at the movies like pretty much every time mm-hmm. and i'll usually get like maybe like a, a cherry or like a you know a mix between like the the blue and the red icy or For something sure. like that you know uh or i'll get some water just stay hydrated you know just stay thoroughly hydrated I'm not like a huge candy guy, so I'm like rarely getting candy at the theaters or smuggling candy in. Yeah, I, if I do candy at the theaters, I'm definitely smuggling it in because you know the, the dollar boxes at like the grocery store are like you know six or seven bucks at the theaters, and you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> the markup's insane. So insane, it's ridiculous. Uh, is the AMC does the AMC that you go to have like reclining chairs? 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's like the the like they like upgraded the the whole theater, so it's like I'm super nice. In right. There. Are you one of those people that like do you pref- do you prefer the like old school seating or do you like have you embraced the like recliners at the at the movie theaters? I like the recliners because I can get my legs up. Because at the old school theaters, I'm if, if somebody's sitting in front of me, I can't put my I can't stretch out my legs. So I appreciate sure. I appreciate the the, the newer seats because I can get comfortable and actually relax. Right. No, for sure. And like, I remember being a kid and being like, am I going to get stuck behind like an adult and I can't see over them mm-hmm. before they had like, you know, the stadium seating. Yeah. And so now that like all theaters are like stadium seating now with like recliners. It's like, I can't imagine going back to seeing a movie the old way. Dude, I went to, so there's like a, um, there's like a, like an old theater in like downtown Santa Ana. I can't remember the name of it, but, uh, my buddy wanted to go because they were showing like, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like two or something. Right. I was like, all right, like, I guess we can go, you know, be nostalgic. And we went, dude. And the seats were so uncomfortable, like just, you know, stiff back, uh, you know, the, the, the bottom of your butt was all hurting. And I'm, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not missing those at all. Yeah, no, it sucks. It sucks. Anyone who tells me that they're like, it's just like the way movies are, you're an asshole. I hate you. You're full of shit. There's no way you prefer that. There's just no way. Yeah. I want to be as comfortable as possible. Like, I, I, I'm not going to the point where I, I see people bringing blankets and pillows and stuff because, like, I'll actually fall asleep. Um, but I, I just like sure. to go and just, you know, just chill. Yeah, absolutely. I'll typically wear like comfier clothes. Like, I'm, I'm wearing, I'll wear sweatpants mm-hmm. for movies, like for sure. I'm not wearing pajamas. I'm not like one of those like you know insane people that treat it like they're going to bed. <laughs> but like, I'm definitely like going cozy. I have fallen asleep in those recliners before. It's usually if I'm going to see something after midnight, I will inevitably fall asleep. Yeah. Usually not on, on a, like it's usually if I'm going to see a movie for like a second or third time, like not necessarily like my first time. Um, yeah. yeah, that's usually what happens. It's not often, but it has happened. I mean, they're, they're comfortable. What can you say? Yeah, I forgot which movie I wanted to go see. Maybe it was Venom and I just like, started snoring because i was like dude this movie sucks and i just kind of dozed <laughs> off i still haven't seen venom i just i just knew i didn't need to see it in this kind of habit well, thought about it again uh it, it's not a good movie but i suggest you know trying to you know getting in tune because the sequel's coming out at some point so right well i mean people liked it i know i know a lot of people did like it uh it's crazy to me uh, strangely enough but uh, you know i like tom hardy He's a good guy. I like him. He's an actor. I like a lot of his movies. I don't know that. I I don't know that he's enough to go get me to see a Venom or a Venom sequel, mm-hmm. either. But you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm bored enough, so I'm at the point now where I'm like such a Marvel guy. I've like, I don't want to like just keep rewatching the movies like over and over again. I'm like, I don't want to like burn out on it. So I was like, all right, maybe it's time that I finally check out like the DCEU because I have not watched any of them oh. yet. Oh wow. You're gonna get disappointed so fast. Oh, oh! <laughs> I'm going in with the just the lowest, like the lowest expectations possible. Okay. If anything, I'm really just wanting to watch them to form my own opinions. I know fair. they suck, but I want to know why they suck. That's <laughs> I totally know fair. What makes them bad? Mm-hmm. And I also maybe some of them aren't as bad as as people say. Like, I'm sure that Batman v Superman is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's There's long. no way it's good. It's long. I also don't really like Zack Snyder that much. I okay. think he's okay. I like 300. That's a good movie. Great movie. 
but I don't think, I mean, again, I haven't really, I don't know what to think, but my general understanding is that Zack Snyder does not understand these comic book heroes that he's making movies about. I feel like my favorite DC movies, man, it's going to, and I'm talking like current DC because like I I troll and tell people that uh, Watchmen is like the best DC movie ever created. Um, (laughs) But uh, but honestly, like right now, like some of the better ones, like obviously uh, uh, Birds of Prey, I I felt like was a, a pretty good movie for what it was not like you know anything to blow your mind yeah. over but uh, i feel like they did a really great job w- with that movie they, they could have called it something else like maybe just call it harley quinn and not birds of prey because uh, it like focuses on, on her a lot uh, that movie was fun uh, shazam I, I felt was like you know uh, better than i expected so I, I had fun watching that movie definitely looking forward to the sequel and yeah, i heard shazam was awesome yeah so yeah that was a fun movie and a different different type of vibe too versus like all the other dc movies so um that i felt like that's why that one kind of stuck out to me but but they did a really good job with that movie and um yeah and honestly like other than that i'm just like all right everything else is just kind of like whatever to me oh and i, I want to give props to the uh, the first wonder woman that that movie was cool i felt like yeah, um, they did a I good job with that one first, yeah 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 first one was good so i'm gonna I'm going to delve into those soon. And then there's some other comic book like related content I'm going to check out. Uh, I know uh, that uh, season one of uh, Invincible just came out okay. on Amazon. So I haven't, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I haven't watched it yet, but that's on my list. Why did I think that that was um, like live action? Yeah, I don't. I'm, I, I didn't know anything about it until I was like, obviously, like some of the YouTube stuff that I follow and like, you know, on TikTok and shit. And even mm-hmm. some, I think Natalie was like, you should watch it. And I was like, all right, uh, there's that. It's that Amazon show, the live action one about superheroes, The Boys. Dude, is that what it's called? That's a must watch. <laughs> that, that I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, because it's um, it so it, it, it's written by um a, a guy who isn't uh, fond of actual superheroes, right? Um, so he's okay. he's like, all right, cool. Let me write them in a way <laughs> to to show that superheroes can be shitty, and it's a pretty pretty brutal show and like for anybody who's interested into anything comic book related i highly recommend that show because it's it's it, it does a lot of sh- uh, stuff that other shows um haven't and it, it, it's really cool and it's, it's a great story too so far all right well all right sold i'm, I'm checking it out so I'm, i'll push that to the top because I, I know i need to see it pretty badly um but yeah other than that like you know i mean that's kind of the shit I'm most excited about. Those are those are my next viewing plans, at least. I watch more YouTube than anything lately, and it's usually about some sort of comic content at this point. So now I just need to delve into these other areas. Are you familiar with the YouTube channel uh, New Rockstars? Yeah, uh, Natalie put me onto New Rockstars. Okay. I like their channel a lot. Yeah, they, um, they do great, would, great I, stuff. Yeah, I would. I've watched them. I've watched like some of their podcasts as well, like you know the broadcast and podcasts on YouTube, like the episodes that they do. Um, I pretty much after every episode of WandaVision, I would go to the Nerdist YouTube to watch their like episode breakdown, mm-hmm. okay. just to like you know pick up on things I missed. Um, because of that, I found some other great YouTubes. Uh, I love this guy. He, he doesn't do as much content as I wish he would, but I had a lot of fun rewatching all of his old stuff. Uh, Cosmonaut Variety Hour. I'm I'm not familiar. I I should check it out. It sounds cool. He's he's great. He uh he's very he's like a hater. He definitely shits on things, mm-hmm. but he likes them. But he's like they're pretty stupid. Like it's I like this. It's dumb, but I like it. And he does a really good job. And it's very funny and entertaining. Um, Isaac, uh, Isaac's like my best one of my best friends, and uh, he and I'll hang out. And he put me on to uh, 
Oh my God. I don't remember the name of it. It is literally one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, it's, Oh, it, his YouTube name is Mahler. Okay. But he does, he, he has, he has this series called an unbridled rage where he basically does like a recap of like movies and just tears them apart. He did one on black Panther. That is one of the things I've ever seen in my entire life. And it honestly forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can I tell you, you said it was Mahler. Yeah. M a U L E R. Okay. Mahler. Yeah. That, that sounds is, interesting. It's really, it's really good. He makes some, very, obviously some very good points. And again, we're talking about people nitpicking things that are very obviously able to be nitpicked. Like you can nitpick all the shit to death. Anything you watch, you can nitpick. Of course. It's just, it's just, are you going to do it in a way that's entertaining and not just totally punishing, you know? So the fact that he's able to go in and just like, I, I don't know. I, I highly suggest you just check out what I would watch the black Panther one. Cause I loved black Panther. I thought it was a great movie and I still do think it's great, but there are some glaring holes and some, you know, plot lines that need to be talked about that aren't that i don't think get talked about enough mm-hmm. that were kind of pointed out to me in this mo- in this video okay yeah no I'm, I'm very interested to to check it out so thank you for that yeah for sure well damn jim this has been uh, so awesome uh b- finally being able to you know talk to you because obviously uh this is something that i've been wanting to do for a while so I- i'm so yeah. stoked that you were down to come on the podcast yeah, same. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome being able to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better and, you know, just letting me talk your head off about all, all this crazy shit. Yeah. And, and at some point, we either got to do Disneyland or Disney World together because I'm always uh, oh, you know, down to m- make new Disney friends. Dude, absolutely. Next time we're in town, which I'm hopefully will be sooner than later, um, I'll definitely hit you up because I would love to do that. Hell yeah. All right. Well, before we sign off, is there anything you want to say or shout out? Yeah. Well, one shout out your podcast. It's awesome. I honestly, it wasn't on my radar until you asked me to be on it. And I've listened to a few episodes since then and all the work you do is great. So keep it up. It's fantastic. And then, you know, like I said, shout out all the young bands, all the young kids that are doing cool things right now that make hardcore exciting because it's certainly not down to people like me <laughs> you know like it's fun to be a part of it and it's fun to whatever but like the best part is seeing the new and cool shit that the young kids are doing so yeah th- those are my big shout outs all right and shout out kevin feige hell yeah well seriously thank you jim for coming on the podcast thank you everybody for tuning in this has been super fun go listen to two witnesses support jim he's doing awesome stuff for hardcore and yeah thank you guys for tuning in and we'll be back soon